In the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. The TreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects that may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They are the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Snow Pro AK, your snow and ice management company specializing in business and residential properties. They know what it takes to keep your property presentable and safe. Give them a call for a free estimate at 280-7098 or visit lawnproak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th, handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. The Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. BHA is the voice of our Alaskan public lands, waters, and wildlife. Their goal is to uphold our hunting and fishing legacy while keeping our public lands wild. Stand up today and join BHA at backcountryhunters.org. He cuts its own stickers. Jeff, you gotta you gotta see these real quick. Oh, Ooh, well one. done, dude. He. I've been waiting. You've I've been, been waiting <laughs> the entire time on the plane. Six hours. I was in Wrangell. I was like, oh okay, my god. Can I get uh, seven sparkling waters so I can practice? <laughs> <laughs> they were annoyed with me. Ooh, Damn, it was crispy one too, dude. So you've heard the mayor, right, Adrian? Yeah, he's been yeah. on. This is read the bottom. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Kind of says it Another all. Another single guy out there. Hydrante. Yep. Another single guy on, out there. On the prowl. They're kind of a sharp-looking sticker though, right? Yeah. Kind of a haunting Great. background there. Yeah. Yeah. 
kind yeah. of mysterious. Like he could disappear. He's, he's kind of a mysterious miserable, guy in general. Miserable paradise style. Yeah. 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 yeah he he's, I mean, you got to be really confident and comfortable in your own skin when you make your own stickers definitely. with your nickname that you made. Yeah. <laughs> what was that SMF? I'll make one for you that says Bud Bud. Jackie. Well, Bud Bud with an extra side of Bud. Bud Bud and Jackie. How about Budtastic? Budtastic. I like the butteroni with extra cheese. That's actually my favorite. There you go. Butalicious. There's a lot of buds out there. You guys have high school nicknames? Um. Yes. Was it? Um, mine was, I had a, no, that was elementary. <laughs> elementary was air burrito. Cause for some reason I could dunk on like the smaller <clears throat> hoop and I was like a little kid. Um, in high school it was, um, <clears throat> trying to think of what it was. It was the, um, it's a good question, dude. Yeah. It's no, I, no, I, I know it. Right I can't think right of uh, it. I love it, dude. Get it rolling. The, the gazelle. Oh. The gazelle. Yeah. You so go from an air burrito to a gazelle. It had yeah. to be before the knee surgeries, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I had this hair, and I would, like, play soccer, and I was just, like, mm. I don't know. It quick, was, it was flowing. Dainty, I guess. I don't okay. know. Okay. Uh, b- a beautiful prance across yeah. the uh, plains. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, I see. Yeah. You were... You were uh, it was like a soccer uh, nickname. Like, yeah, a prance, right? Like Yeah. Right yeah. Come on, that. man. Why are you doing like that? It's a prance. I mean, <laughs> you're probably you're probably pretty too, man. Oh, that that was cool great. outfit and shit. You're no. just rapping as you run. I wore the same shit in high school. My my sambas. Oh, my sambas. Gray hoodie. Nice, nice, dude. You didn't have the shell toes. Nah, player. That's not no lucky. The real soccer players shit. had the sambas, bro, with the white tongue. Oh, not the like all the other kids that had the ones with the black. That's mm. how you knew the real players from the fakes. Yeah. Yeah, the soccer players with the tongue. You know, used to put it out on the thing. Oh like right, that. right, right. Yeah. It was a whole thing. You no used to like, tie it up at night, <laughs> like like dudes do their hats. You know, how guys curve their hats. Mm. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. or their baseball the mitts tongue. or whatever. Used to do it with the soccer. Yeah, and you see it with hockey too. Yeah, yeah. You gotta the, let them know. Yeah, gotta let yeah. them know. It's like a, right. just like a sign. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, Fifeful goes west. <laughs> That's a long nickname. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Fifeful goes west. Well, you didn't remember the cartoon. Oh, yeah. FGW. Yeah, Fifel. And then because Fifield just went. Fifi? And then later on, it was uh, Frodo. Mm. Frodo? Oh, because yeah, your hair? the hair, man. God, pull up a picture. Can one, you send me a picture of that? Yeah, I got to do some one. digging, man. But I used to have long, curly hair down to my shoulder blades. Oh. It was <laughs> fucking. I know. I mean, can you even think good. about. I wish I had it now with the beard. Fuck, dude. Yeah. Oh, man. The hairiest what was your band ever. called? Shit. The 50s. Fucking Junk Stack. <laughs> junk Stack? <laughs> I, I actually knew. A, we, we hired a band for uh, Bruce's 60th birthday years ago. <clears throat> and the band was called Junk Stack. It's the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. yeah. I never did ask him why the hell the hell they got that name, but. What was they're, yours? They were pretty badass. Action Jackson. Action Jackson? Mm-hmm. Good, but yeah. easy. Yeah. yeah. yeah Another it. long one. Yeah. Jeff? Yeah. Roe. Roe? Roe. Like R O E. When I was in. Damn, you were ready to drop that shit. Sixth grade. Um, Roe Dog? It was Jethro. Okay. Okay. I, we read this book called Across Five a- Aprils, and uh, one of the main characters was a Jethro. So they called me Jethro. 
and it got shortened to row. So <laughs> people like, really like cool. salmon row, like, no, just row. Like my English teacher would write on my essays, like row, and then comma, like refer to me as row. And, oh, it stuck yeah. like that. Yeah, it was, it was like full My on. nickname oh, was not yeah. like a teacher called me that no, shit. No, I, I was, was upset. No. I didn't have, I was the only person like who didn't have a nickname in middle school. And then I had the one that ended up really sticking. My buddy Rob still calls me row. Oh, oh that's, that's cool. awesome. Yeah, so it just stuck. And, yeah. I was rad. You sign your family. books in row? I should. Yeah. I should. Is it ROE? <laughs> um, typically, we, we decided that it was ROE. Um, yeah, I feel like that fits. My English, teacher, my English teacher said RO, so I was like, well, he's, oh. he teaches English, so. Mm-hmm. But he does yeah. fish, so I would think that he would go ROE, but just RO, so. That's that's classy. Ro. Yeah. Ro. That's a way cooler nickname than all of ours. Yeah. That's why I'll do respect up. to you guys. So you guys actually, not really. Cool. I just, I just kind of riffed off that and I'm like, oh, well, actually, mine's pretty cool. I figured you guys would have really good ones. They're you don't bad. get to really no. choose your nickname. Yeah. 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 I've given out some good ones. It was Jay Law, Jay Law in college because, you know, the fraternity is shit. And so it's the law. What, well, was, what fraternity were you in? Are you still in? Because it's for life, right? I guess. Do you have the emblem on your arm? Alpha. No. no. Sigma Nu. Huh? Sigma mm-hmm. Nu. Sigma Nu? Yeah. Just the two? Yeah, Sigma yeah just yeah. the two. Yeah. yeah. And that would have been kind of cool. It, to it have just that. happened to be the one my dad was in at a different school. Oh. I didn't pick it that for that. but You're pre joined at birth. Uh, mm, uh, meant to think, be. I, I can see. I actually wasn't yeah. going to do it, but the guys were cool, so I did it. That's funny. Yeah. I, I did through all that, and there's like, you know, you wait to see which one or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And there was like three. How does that work? Can someone please there's, elaborate? There's a, there's a, it's a long, stupid yeah, thing. It is dumb. <clears throat> but anyway, like three chose me. Know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, friends, like half well, the soccer kids were on this one. So yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to go with the soccer kids. Yeah. But these other kids were cool too. And I ended up like going with these guys. And then I was like telling the other guys, I was like, so if I like choose these guys, I can't hang out with you guys? They're like, no, no, no. It's all good. I was like, okay. Well, so I went to these guys and then I didn't know you had to pay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Dude. They don't tell you that. Uh-uh. And then the first time they tried to pay, I was like, "What?" I was like, "If I don't pay, I can't hang out." Like, no, you still can. So I didn't pay and do shit. Yeah, I enjoy shit. Hung out. <laughs> That's the way to do it, dude. Yeah. Still yeah, drink. Still drink the beer. Still went to all the parties and didn't <clears throat> join anything. Uh, I, I couldn't call my mom. Uh, oh, so there's this thing. Yeah, I need 125 dollars like, a month for uh, a club yeah. membership. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't even let me do like what was the high school dance thing? Oh, uh, cotillion. Cotillion. You couldn't dude. do cotillion. Oh. Hell no, dude. Oh, we were at church, so dude. Fun. We were at church. You're gonna join a dance club? Dance club. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right, dude. You better join the church club. That was actually really fun. Hell yeah. I would still go though. Yeah. How'd you get in? Um chaperones wouldn't let you in unless you were No, because I knew the the um (coughs) one of the teachers that ran it was the Spanish teacher. And she was also like the soccer mom of the school. Yeah. Okay. So she would just let me go. And I'd have to like sneak to go over there. Yeah. For for folks who are wondering, the cotillion was the. Uh, I kind of felt like it was the cool kid club. I don't know. It was kind of mixed because other kids, like older brothers and stuff, would get in, and they may not have been cool. Or the younger ones, you know, because that sibling automatically got in. Okay, true. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like the older sibling was probably cool. <laughs> it was a good mix, I thought. Yeah, but yeah, maybe it's a cool kid club. Well, let's 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 elaborate a little bit. So basically, all the high schools in town mm-hmm. had this thing called cotillion. Yeah, and they would have like a monthly dance at whatever the. It's wherever. almost like promish. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah. And then, so you would get to meet, see all your friends from the other schools or yeah. meet other chicks from other schools. Other yeah, that was the best part. Yeah, I yeah. agree. But you had to pay, you know. Yeah. Did we? That, that became yeah, I don't a problem. remember the pay part. I don't remember paying. It wasn't a lot, but my yeah. mom wasn't trying. I think it was once a semester. I know you had to be voted in. Yeah, and it was weird, too. It was like the parents voted or something. No, the kids, the upperclassmen. Is that how it went? Yeah. Oh, maybe it was. Because I got voted in, and I'm like, me? Like, y'all want me to come? I'm like, I guess. I had no idea. I was like, uh, I got called, and I was like, oh, (coughs) what? Is this this a thing? (laughs) (laughs) Different high school experience down there in (laughs) Kowak. It's a 18th century French dance. It was fun though. It was a good like thing or to formal, meet other uh, kids from other schools. Formal ball. What did you dress formal? Did you dance formal? Yeah, you yeah, dressed it's formal. Like a dress. But did you dance? Formal? No, no. It was like <coughs> no, you danced. No, it was, dance ni- it was 90s grind music. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. No, there was with zero a, with a real fancy yeah. name, Cotillion. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah. Um, my mind's telling me no, but my but body. My body. The parties were always every once in a while. The mom would come up and be like, After parties, those are cool. Separate, Mm, they always had a nice one. Yeah, yeah. our crew would show up, yeah, yeah, and beat everybody up. (laughs) We had giants tonight, boys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. They just service, you got the crew that just like mills outside the cotillion in the cars, just waiting for people to come. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, I'm gonna fight that guy. (laughs) Yeah, we were definitely dancing with my girlfriend. I was like, Oh, you're trying to fight, you should go home. No, well, then you no, you were definitely <laughs> fighting. That yeah. was always fucking ruined the party, man. Yeah, it did. It did ruin it a lot. But it's usually after the beer ran out. Yeah, or if you wanted to take the keg. Oh, just just steal it. Just yeah, take it. That'll really get a fight going. You go steal a keg. Yeah, did that once. Doesn't seem very kind. <laughs> no, I mean we did it, and definitely it was like, not. oh, we stole the keg, and it just was a fucking bloodbath. Mm. I'm like, dude, look at all. I mean, there's girls fighting. I mean, it was like, well, this, I mean, it was cool. Over at St. Bart's, that happened? No, this is on Chugiak. <laughs> St. Bart's came out to Chugiak and uh. fucked some shit up. That was your guys' arch enemies? Nah. East, too, right? East and Bart I mean, would always had something. Yeah, but I mean, the, the problem with that was, was that a lot of my homies went to East. So when everybody wanted to be like, look, East, I'm like, dude, half the dudes are my friends. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I didn't really, I didn't really like that. But if we went to like service or Chuyak, I'm like, I don't know anybody out here. Yeah. And but then I would go to parties and meet other very common minded dudes with a lifted Chevy on thirty fives and a <laughs> curved bill that said cock on it and a Carhartt jacket. And I'm like, Hey brother. Yeah. <laughs> I don't up the tow ropes. I don't really yeah. think we should fight. We should actually like play tug of war with our trucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. So you you felt like the narrative was like enemies and then you hung out with these guys and you're like oh you go hunting with your dad too okay you like big trucks and football and it's like we're all kind of the same and we don't have to yeah my high school wasn't big enough to have groups there was like one there was the group were you yeah that was pretty much it was you know, I, was, I was an it? outlier you know i was outside no it was uh i think i graduated with 15 classmates the high school was about 62 so we had kind of out of out of necessity, all of us that were going to go off to college or had aspirations of getting out of Cloak, 
uh, we are the pep band, we're cross country, we're basketball, we're participating in everything band. And so it was pretty cool to not have any sort of traditional barrier of yeah. if you're in basketball, you can't also be in band because that's a, you know, two different groups that don't mesh, mesh, mm-hmm. mesh together. So it was, it was a cool experience. Um, but it was nice to get out and just see, um, you know, watching those like American pie movies. I was like, that's high school. These kids are out of control or any sort of, <laughs> any sort of high school sort yeah. of party, whatever. I'm like, this is, these kids are really out of control. So I go to college <laughs> and I'm like, all right, everyone's out of control. University of Arizona. It, w- it was nice though. Cause uh, my first year in the dorms, there happened to be is a couple Tucson. Yeah. Down yeah. In Tucson. There happened to be five or six people they ended up being my close friends and they'd gotten out the whole go down to Nogales for the weekend out of their systems. Cause I was like, there's a lot of freedom here and I'm glad that they don't want to go down there. Cause I don't want to end up in a you know Mexican prison or dead on the side of the road or anything like that. So, um, it was nice that they were, that was kind of out. And so I had a nice adjustment into college. They kind of calmed down a little bit, but it was definitely a shock, but it was fun. It was what I was looking for. And, but yeah, everybody else had stories about crazy high school stuff and the crosstown rivals and whatnot. So I mm-hmm. feel on some regard, I missed out on a lot of that cause we only had obviously one high school in the town, but, um, you know, you have your experience and you live it and you have good memories and move on. So that's right. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Alaska Wild Project episode <laughs> 122. That's how it starts. Uh, today we have the homie Jeff Lund from the Mediocre Alaskan podcast, also the author of Miserable Paradise and the new book, Beyond the Hunt. Beyond the Hunt. Yeah. Congrats Beyond on the, the second book. Thanks. Thanks. Three so, books. Total. Three books. Yeah. The first one was, Oh yeah. That was like a diary kind of one, right? Yeah. It was moving back to Alaska. Um, some columns I'd written from down South and just kind of threw it all together. Um, it's okay. I look back at it now and I think I've just grown as a writer now. And so if I would have written those stories now with just a better, better benefit of connecting with the audience, I think it would have been a better book. Um, but, uh, these last two, I'm pretty excited about, pretty happy about, and this last one about hunting is it fills in a lot of those gaps that doesn't always get talked about. Um, there's a lot of hunting stories, which are great. It's fun, but, uh, like you can pick up this book and you can go right to the industry section and read about podcasts or you can read about, um, content creation. You can read about YouTube, stuff like that. So I want to kind of get down some of those ideas because there's hunting and there's hunting industry and there's just a lot more about it. So that's what I wanted to write about. Yeah, you, I've noticed over the last, I don't know, year at least, you've been diving in towards the like the industry side of things, like kind of just pointing out maybe silly things or confusing things or interesting things that just... Just calling out the bullshit, too? Yeah, um, some of that, too. Yeah, I think we need to support each other, number one. So I'm not one of those people who just talks a lot of trash to everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to define what your contribution to the industry is going to be. Because if you're just going to be someone who posts on Instagram, nothing wrong with that, do whatever you want. If you want to just make YouTube videos, do whatever you want, it's fine. But if you want to put out a product that there's going to be money involved, or there's going to be some sort of, you know, creative something involved, I think you have to define what you want it to be. And there's some pitfalls that can come with that. I think early on with the hunting, with the social media, with the writing, I got caught up in this more is better, bigger is better. And how can I make content and how can I get more people to watch and follow? And so sometimes when you put yourself in that situation, the ethics can be the thing that suffers. Mm. And you, you look at some of the stuff on social media, you look at some of the stuff on YouTube and you think, Ooh, do what you want. It's legal. 
it's, you know, whatever you want to do, not, not calling that out. But, you know, if you are trying to contribute something, then what are you trying to contribute? And I don't think that we can be naive to the fact that people are looking at what hunters are doing and there's an active anti-hunting narrative and it's less about you hunt i don't want to i don't feel like it whatever it's more you hunt i don't think you should be able to hunt all right um so i think being intentionally antagonistic toward anti-hunters is something that we should reflect upon again do what you want you know whatever you want to do but i think that self-reflection can be beneficial to us not only for hunting but also in what we create that can be more beneficial to other people and what are we providing with other people rather than just amplify myself? Um, and I've seen that with you guys. And I, I love the fact that it's clear what your purpose is and what your goal is to amplify other Alaskans. It's not create a podcast. So, you know, we can make, get money or we can go downtown and just people are going to know us. That's clearly not what you guys are about. And you can sense that in the questions that you ask the people you have on and then the conversations you have. And I think that reflection, you, you get more meaning out of it. Mm-hmm. You're excited to meet here and do these podcasts and talk to these people because it's fun and there's a purpose to it. It's yeah. fun. And and I think that's something that if you're in the creative space with the outdoors, that's something to keep in mind. And so I kind of go into that in the book. Really well said. Yeah. I think also, I mean, when you're first, maybe you do want to get into it somehow, but you don't know exactly what your lane's going to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. And you just start off by posting whatever you got or making your own little videos or whatever, and then see what, lane you fit in or if you, you even want to pursue somewhere. it or whatever yeah mm-hmm. yeah so not to put down on the people that are just doing videos and yeah. killing for the gram killing <laughs> for the gram yeah yeah i thought that was a thing <clears throat> i think it, it is. is until they started taking down your instagram <clears throat> yeah well no I, I mean i thought you know you watched a hunting video or shows you know back in the cable days mm-hmm. jim shockey hunting adventures um, Greg Ritz, Hunt Masters. I loved those hunting mm-hmm. shows. You want to talk about getting pumped and, you know, finding something that drives you and, you know, I'm going to go and work out and train and start planning hunts. And it was something that I looked at as like, I want to get into that. Mm-hmm. The thrill of the kill, the thrill of the hunt, like that whole mm-hmm. thing. And then... I thought it was all about the picture of a game animal yeah. on, on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some and sort of platform. Sure. And that's, you're telling a story. And again, you watch yeah. that and you get motivated. I want to be in shape because if you're in shape to hunt, that's just helping and improving your life too. Oh, totally. But the, yeah. you know, in the Instagram thing, it also brought in this, you know, people are taking pictures of turkeys at Taco Bell drive throughs you know, it's like, yeah, that probably did not exist. Yeah. You know, beforehand. And there's kind of that line again, mm-hmm. it's, that's an ethical thing. That's not illegal. That's just one of the things that maybe, you know, do it again, do whatever you want. But, you know, if you reflect on that, I don't know. You know, no one has done things that aren't questionable. Like we all look back and think, Ooh, that was probably a bad shot or that was maybe, I didn't think that through. Yeah. No, oh, for not, sure. Not to pretend that I am at all perfect, but I think that reflection is an important thing to kind of look at, to kind of refine our goal and why am I doing this? And, if I am an unintentional ambassador to hunting, what's the message that I'm perceiving? And again, like that's something I have mm. to continually remind myself because I'm not perfect. I don't have it figured out. Like I, I think about these things and I write about these sort of things to kind of 
keep myself on track to make sure that I'm, my motivations are, are as good as they can be. Yeah. Genuine to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well now without cable, um, I don't really watch to see too many like hunting kind of shows. No, and that phased out. The meat eater. Thing, the meat eater was the only one. a little different. Because on Netflix. Yeah. But yeah, before, like it. you said, like there was, what was the outdoor channel? Not outdoor. Well, that was one Outdoor of them. network. Outdoor network. And there was another yeah. one and they'd have, a, they had some really oh, cool I rec- shows. I recorded yeah. stuff through the day and then we'd come home at night and watch it. Yeah. Get the family and the kids down for bed and then go out, out mm-hmm. there and watch a couple, you know, an hour and a half, three episodes of something that I loved. And uh, I was always waiting for that that kill shot at the end and the mm-hmm. pose with the animal. And I was like, oh, man, I want I want, I want a photo with the big moose and the big bear and the big sheep yeah. and the, all this stuff. And But I wasn't really thinking it through as far as, like, what an actual contribution to it is mm-hmm. versus, like, I can be noticed if I'm out harvesting and taking animals and I can, like, I could get into that. I'm in Alaska. I can do that. But then I quickly realized, I'm like, oh, man, there's, like, a huge negative reaction to that yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's some connotations for yeah. sure. Yeah, and I'm not I, I'm not saying don't do all that. Like, go go take moose and caribou and bears and post them and do all anything you want. But just what I've learned is that it's, it's that's that's just, like, one small piece of what the entire – industry if you want to call it like represents yeah yeah you know it, it's not it's really not about the taking of animals it's about the camaraderie with people yeah there's a lot more to the story it's it's about enjoying the moment it's about it's the first 27 minutes of the show yeah or like the stuff right. that's not in there like where the kid like opens <laughs> the freezer and it's like hey dad we're getting low on meat you know yeah. and it's like yeah. we eat wild alaska game mm-hmm. you know and that stuff's not in there it's a lifestyle and it's really, it's really hard to portray that. And a lot of the folks I think that had tried to portray it may don't, may not be in the same situation as us. Like as people that actually like, we you know subsidize we um, live off this. You mm-hmm. know, they, this is our mm-hmm. lifestyle. You know, yeah, I think there's a big difference too between like your East Coast hunting or your Eastern hunting, your Western hunting, and then your Alaska hunting. Sure. Mm. I think when you get in that marketing, I got to stand out. There's yeah, there's 150 elk podcasts. There's so many, everyone hunts elk. So how am I going to stand out? How mm-hmm. can I, you know, be different than everybody else? And up here in Alaska, it's like, man, your Southeast Alaska lifestyle is different than Anchorage, which is different than Fairbanks, which is different than Kotzebue or Nome. It's already individualized. Mm-hmm. So I think the temptation. Like regional, regional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas down south, everyone's talking about the same stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to stand out, you got to do something different or shocking. And with YouTube, there's no gatekeepers. You don't have to mm-hmm. run it through or pitch something to the outdoor channel. You're just on the YouTube. And, you know, and that's what you guys follow copper plated sixes or some of those. There are a couple of accounts of people who just, mm-hmm. they call out people in maybe some aggressive sort of ways. But, you know, I might not agree with how it's done, but there are some things that maybe we should think about and. Have you seen people like what doing what? It's the um, the the turkey in the uh, parking lot type stuff. The um, you know. So what happens in that? Like they killed turkeys and then went to Taco Bell. They go to Taco Bell and like in the drive through, just like posing with their picture. They're on the lawn in front of Taco Bell, and so they're doing that or going into town or walking through town with a dead deer or through 
you know, with, with, you know, just kind try of, to get shock value. Yeah. I kind of put it in people's faces. Um, and then, um, couple yeah, with see, that. I, don't, I don't like that. Yeah. No, there's, there's a couple. Is that like putting the bear on the front of the boat? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I don't want the rack s- on top of the cooler in the back of the truck yeah. so everyone can see it. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's actually kind of a, almost the same thing when you put it from that perspective. Yeah, I yeah. think yeah, it's flashing, I, like flashing the trophy. And that's mm-hmm. again, I think. I don't know, have you guys seen Blue Chips? This is a movie from the sure. from the nineties with Nolte. Shaq and whatnot. Yeah, oh, hell yeah, great yeah. movie, great movie. There's yeah, a Nick scene Nolte when was the coach. Yeah, right? when he goes into that uh, player's dorm room and says, he calls him out for taking money. And he says, you took the purest thing in your life and you corrupted it. Mm. And so it's not exactly the same, but if we take that line and apply it to like, I love to hunt. It's about the story. It's about the experience. It's about being in shape the entire year. It's about being able to get up on top of Huffman trail to do everything, you know, from mm-hmm. <laughs> wherever <laughs> sailing to sailing, to grayling you know, fishing, yeah. grayling fishing, you know, everything yeah. up there. Golfing. Um, <laughs> But then if you if if the motivation changes a little bit, and that's not to say like if you want to make money through sponsorships, it's great. You know, I have I have a podcast and I'm I have a book and I've I've ads and sponsors and whatnot. Um but if it goes too far and it becomes less a bit you, you've taken that thing that you love to do and you kind of sold out for the money, or you've taken you've undermined that own experience, that rich experience, and it it's just kind of a scary thing. And I'm, there are a couple of times when Again, I thought, man, I, this road is not a good road to be on. Let's just let's just do the thing. Let's just do the thing. Enjoy the thing. And if you post, if you write, if people like it, then that's great. But don't try to make your column something that it's not. Don't try to be something that you're not. Don't try to, you know, mm. just if it happens, it happens. But don't push it out and don't corrupt it. And again, I think. Don't fake it till you make it. Yeah, don't fake it till you make it. And I think, that, again, that applies a lot more in lower 48 than it does in Alaska necessarily because if. You know, you're driving through town with a moose in the back of your truck. Like that's kind of an ex- that's kind of expected here. It's part of the culture. Right, normal. There's yeah. a lot of people in Alaska who don't hunt, who don't want to hunt, but get it. We're yeah. like closer. Like those circles can mm. can intermingle or they they overlap a little bit. Like I know I know a hunter. I don't know. He's a good dude. Or I know this person that you know she does this or she believes this, but it's okay because we can still kayak together. You know we don't have that. Yeah. You wear the red tie, blue tie, or you're in this, and so I can't be friends with you. And so it's, um, yeah, just kind of ponderings about that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's a great point, man. Yeah, and you brought that up earlier with like the bear in the boat. Mm-hmm. So I've done that. I did that once, and in hindsight, I would like never do that again. Like lay him up on the front. Yeah, like dr- dr- brought it home on the bow of the boat. Just thought that was cool, like a moose rack. Yeah. I treated it the same, like Jeff said. You know, like if you drive through town and you just got back from wherever you hunted with your four-wheelers on the back of your boat and you got your, you know, your horns. Mm-hmm. Like everybody r- rolls back with their horns on the, or antlers on yeah. the on the. Top of the gear, top of the yeah, because it's like it's like a pride. It's so proud, and and then you feel like most people in traffic are going to cheer you on, like yeah, man, right on. It just feels good, you know. You're like yeah, like you know. And there's there's also the part of the celebration of bringing the the harvest home to the family. Mm -hmm. Sure, and that's kind of what I thought it was, but the bear thing was different. It was more of like a bragging. Well, I, I think it still can be. I, I don't. I mean, I, I'm okay. I'm, yeah. I with the humility of accept of of of, of admitting that. Mm-hmm. But the answer doesn't have to be to never do that again. The answer can be just think about it. 
And you can still okay. do it. It's like, yeah. you know, I shot yeah. this bear and I put it on the front. I'm just driving home. This isn't a big deal. I'm not taking it out at a Target or like wearing it into Cabela's or anything like that. I'm right. Like, it was know, definitely really not to that level. salad place. It's like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be this or that. Yeah. Sometimes it can be, I'm just going to think about it. And I, I did it again to kind of spun it over in my brain a little bit. And you know what? I, I have no problem with yeah, having antlers in my I didn't truck think about or whatever. That. So. And I'm sure there was a lot of people that were probably offended because I went to Girdwood and I roll up and then like there's people taking pictures with it and shit. And I'm just like, oh, that's, oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, these people are like embracing it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was just like extra like pumping myself up. Oh, like, yeah. oh, this is so cool. And then in hindsight, I'm like, eh, I don't think I'd do that again. Like, I, I'm just roll it up and put it in a bag in the back of the truck. Like no one needs to see all that. <laughs> but that's a, a personal ethics decision. I don't think there's anything. Yeah. Wrong it with just, it, it's just like fast forward a few years later. I'm just like, I guess you, th- okay. To your point, I would think about it a little bit more versus just like <laughs> act upon. Yeah. And that's another thing too, that the last thing I want my book to be or any column that I've ever written, mm. the last thing I want it to be is a lecture. And I don't want it to be like, here's the answer. It's just things to think about. And it's the same mm. thing with like teaching when it, you know, I got kids um, that were talking about stuff in class. It's not about coming to a conclusion. It's about here's some information. We'll mull it over. And like that, that is it. You come up with your own conclusion. Your ethics are your ethics where you're comfortable. That's all up to you. Individual decision. There's, I'm not the moral police. No one is the moral police and people are going to get offended about anything. So if they choose to get offended about certain things, then that's kind that's of on, on them. them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we were talking about, um, we were, we were dining tonight, like being subjective and, and how with, with the platform that we have, it's, we want to be able to present information to people so they can form their own opinion yeah, absolutely. on stuff versus just being like, yeah, we're just like pro mining, pro anti-mining, pro trawling pro anti-trawling like it's like let's pro anti-trawling yeah, yeah. no i am pro anti-trawling I like but <laughs> i i'm i'm just gonna say i am that for sure every alaskan should be <laughs> pro anti anti-trawling you don't want to trawlers They're not pro anti okay anti i'm pro anti-trawling <laughs> i am pro that, that that halibut sandwich we had he's just yeah. anti-trawling yeah i'm anti-trawling yeah yeah. Very proactively. A lot of Alaskans make a living on it. So is there a way to do it in a way that isn't devastating to yeah, the environment? This, is, this, so, is, this like, is forming an opinion that's not very educated, though, and I'm going to admit mm. that. Hence why you bring in people that know more than me and you and you and you and you to come talk about it so that the masses, including myself in those masses, can now form an opinion based on facts and data yeah. and information that isn't just in a, a emotionally charged lifelong alaskan dis- decision yeah, you know that's right that's right yeah. opinion we see that in southeast yeah, alaska opinion. with the logging obviously we need habitat for fish to be able to spawn and unbelievably important to the to saving species of fish but then we also have loggers and if you're in the lower 48 you might say well logging's got to go out <coughs> get rid of logging it's bad they just need to get another job but if you're living on an island in Southeast Alaska, it's not as easy as I lost my job logging and I'm just going to drive to the next town to get a job. So it's mm-hmm. not that complex. And so it's how can we effectively have both? Yeah. How can we log effectively, responsibly, using the best science that we have, the best information, the best mm-hmm. methods that we've had? Because, you know, some of, there's some old growth or some second growth forests that are just 
terrible shape down there because what was used at the time was just horrible um, as far as regrowth. Um, so how can we have logging so we have that resource, but also not use that as an uh, or at the expense of, of salmon spawning habitat? So how can we have both responsibly and good? Same thing with with uh, trawling. How can we alleviate some of these really difficult areas of these horrible practices but how can we make it sustainable and make sure that we have alaskans who depend upon that we're not just saying just get a new job find another lifestyle hey kid your dad's going to be out of work so just deal with it because at least we feel better about ourselves diving into that logging thing a little bit have uh, the practices changed where they're actually pulling the stumps i think in some areas they're doing um They've really been looking at um, like the reseeding stuff and then um, the expense um, and then the buffer between the streams is, has been huge. And there used to be a practice of taking the, again, I'm not a you know, forest service or biologist or anything like that, but I know the, the procedures used to be used to you know, take a lot of the downfall out of the rivers. But mm-hmm. now it's like, no, they need that habitat. The fish need right. the habitat. And I actually noticed on the Russian river when I was up here with my wife for our honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's that one side of the Russian river that you can't access if you're not on the platforms, yep. the stairs that go down. Mm. Yep. The like, revegetation areas. Yeah. I was like, man, what a pain. But then you look at the other side and you think, oh man, both banks would look just like this. And yeah. where would a fish grow, be safe, anything? There's no habitat on the other side. And I don't know what the difference. Yep. One side is, is, they they do it up and all up it's on both sides of the river um just that side that has the kind of the habitat restoration stuff in place that side was worse than the other side oh, okay. maybe like 15 or 20 years ago gotcha. and so they mm-hmm. had to do that one first i'm sure the other one will happen yeah once they get like enough money and all that kind of stuff so both banks are owned by is that state owned is that federal owned or who's um, that state land state okay yeah the um so the you know in alaska like we have like a lot of like highs and lows and uh for you know loving this place and um like really being devastated like uh, there's two things that are tied for me it's like the king sam and the cook inlet i think we're all pretty crushed on that one but I'm sad for you but just as bad is um the southeast logging that i've seen where they don't pull the stumps i mean now i'm into my 30th year of going back to some certain towns and to see these like devastated areas that have never regrown because they didn't pull the stumps Mm. is insane it it just looks it's like apocalyptic Mm. you know like a yakutat is a perfect example if you go take a drive out there to nine mile bridge it's eight mile bridge nine mile bridge it's a I mean, it's it's heartbreaking, and it it was the first time I took the trip there, and it no change since, and it's because of you know poor logging uh, procedures. Like, the, I mean, why wouldn't you pull st- stumps that are as big as a you know a small house out of the ground? Mm. So the stumps root, root ball doesn't they allow remain. for new growth. Yep, that's right. Because I'm thinking if the tree's gone, now more light. So like in in, in touching normally, like if a tree falls like rare like those old trees they fall and pull the roots out true right and so Mm -hmm. then everything can kind of decay but now like you have this massive root ball that goes way wider Mm -hmm. in diameter than the tree way it's a web yeah it's a web down there and so then these the stump remains and then so do the roots and so nothing ever grows in between them you get these like dwarf trees and then you come back a few years later and they're dead and there's like more dwarf trees 
Yeah, there are a couple spots in the catch can area where you can see the where the logging was initially done. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they changed their practices a little bit. So you can see the old stump, but there's really quality, healthy second growth. Um, and there's been some other areas that the reseeding, you just have these like really small pecker pole trees that are growing up and there's no light that gets in. There's a really big canopy and uh-huh. a lot of those areas are really susceptible to slides and oh, right. kind of based on where you go, you can see the different, and even I think there's, Never a, recovers. there's a, yeah, it's, it's just, it's pretty bad. Um, but you know, again, it's, you learn from certain things once things grow up and they do grow really, really quickly back there comparatively to, to other mm-hmm. areas. They can say, okay, well, this is probably not a very good idea and let's, let's try something else. So, like just maybe miscalculated or mis, uh, managed areas that just purely off of not knowing better. Yeah, and that's you know you you can go back and you can blame everybody for anything. You can go yeah, back. Oh and yeah, always, that's what we do. So right? it's like, well, let's let's learn from this, and so the next time we do things a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's right. We can only get better, but we also have to have a system in place where we actually make changes for the better when we see something that doesn't work. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And are held accountable. Is that for still that. a really? Uh, we don't have to get too crazy in the long. Is it still a really thriving industry in in the region? Not uh, not nearly what it was. I remember growing up in on Prince of Wales Island, uh, Thorn Bay, Kaufman Cove, were Nocatee were really big logging towns. Clock was too, but mm-hmm. uh, once logging went out in the mid nineties and. Uh, Ketchikan had a pulp mill that was, I think it was a top five, if not a top or top 10, if not top five polluter in the United States. Um, mm. but when the pulp mill closed, Ketchikan, you know, that was a huge part of the economy and there's been different mm. iterations. It's been mining, it's been fish, it's been, it's been logging. It's so t- that tourism out, now, yeah. right? there are, and that was kind of oh, the wild west in the, in the late nineties, mm-hmm. early two thousands. Like, how are we going to make any sort of money if we don't have logging? There are some families who never recover they weren't able to, tr- to transition from the logging industry to anything else and so you know those families are still kind of dealing with the poverty of that they haven't really recovered from that whereas other families pivoted uh mm. got into the industry and now you know we there's a population of around 10 to twelve thousand in ketchikan in the surrounding area and we'll have days where there's fourteen thousand people off cruise ships and so now it's we're exploiting a new resource, you know, because it's mm-hmm. it's tour and there's you want to go off your boat and you have the charter fleet and the DIY fleet and the all these other people. So we're straining that. You know, there's no like local place where you can go and pick up some nice halibut or even rockfish. Some people are just going out and they're pillaging all that, which all right, maybe it's better than logging, but now we're doing the fishing thing and yeah, so it's it's like the resource snatch yeah. just shifts and at the same time it's like how can i, I you're going to know someone who's a logger or you know a family who's a logger you know someone who's in the tourism industry you guys know charter fishermen you guys know mm-hmm. subsistence people you know people who rely on on tourism so you can't say well i don't want anybody to be a, a you know don't have you can't own a diy fl- a fleet because i want to be able to go out in my boat and catch some fish or i don't want you i don't want to have any we had a limit on tours or we shouldn't have tourists anymore well can't have it both ways so it's super super mm. complex so mm. just again just thinking considering there's a lot of information out there mulling it over i think that's kind of the what we do sounds like you uh should be the mayor of ketchikan no absolutely not, absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. <laughs> run on i the, can't i can't even believe i, I put it together <laughs> that much usually like writing it down i can edit but talking like i don't know maybe when we play it back it won't sound as good but i think i no, that sounded you okay you nailed it man you nailed it yeah, you nailed absolutely it. Um, I, w- I was wondering about um, the different process from writing your articles versus like a book. 
Like, do you go into it differently, or is it kind of the same writing process? I do the same length. My columns are about 600 words. If I write for a magazine, like if something I do for the Drake magazine or Alaska magazine, it's around 1,000 words, 800 words. So my chapters in my book are about that length. So it's, I really like reading that too. So you can sit down and it's not a, you know, a 10,000 word story that, you know, can maybe have a tangent that you kind of get lost in. So I like that. I like to read that length. And then when I'm writing, I try to get the story told in about a thousand words. Mm. So that way, and someone's reading it, they can kind of get the gist of it. It's not too long of a lecture or too long of a story. It's a get to the point, what's important, what's not important. Um, I think of to, like when you're freshman year, you're writing a narrative about what you did over the summer. And it's just like this horrible story about nothing. And it's all this it description. On. <laughs> the first page and a half is about, and just all the details of packing the suitcase. And then we went fishing and came home. It's like, no, that There's was the most no important arc. part. Like yeah. you get, you get tired of it by the, and you just, oh, I'm exhausted. And so like, what's, what's, what's the main part? What do I want to tell with this story? And so it has, body, you know, right? yeah, so sometimes it's, you know, maybe 1500 words or 2000 words. So, um, to answer the question, I just kind of went with that column length type stuff. And I've used some of the columns that uh, I wrote for the general empire or for other magazines. And I incorporated those in there, but there's a lot of other stuff I hadn't written about um, that I put in there. So it's, it's, it's structured in that way, which makes it a lot easier to write. So I can write the entire thing, that chapter, and then come back to it. It's a lot easier to edit. I don't get lost in a lot of the editing this type stuff and it's easier to compile and um, easier for me to edit too. How do you like discipline yourself to, you know, get, get it done? Like, do you have a goal? Like, Hey, I'm going to write this much a day or shot caller. Or <laughs> <laughs> Just a big uh, ass alarm. <laughs> okay. Shut her down. Peanut yeah. butter jelly time. Peanut yeah. butter jelly time. <laughs> yeah. Like if I write a thousand words, I get a double shovel cider. Oh, I get there the we go. Um, no, I try to write every day. Uh -huh. That's just kind of the thing or edit every day. Just do some progress every day. There are mm. people who say, you know, write a thousand words every day or write two pages every day or write one page every day. But some days you don't have a whole page in you. Mm -hmm. So I just write something. So it's better to write like a couple of good thoughts or ideas down. And I can count that. So I can mm -hmm. count as like a win. It's not a half win or a quarter win. Like I got a thought down because that thought sometimes after you marinate, you crock pot a little bit you come back to it it's like okay that's something to mm -hmm. to explore Circle later so on. yeah is the writing a combination or specific to uh actual like writing in a notepad or a, a phone note or a computer like what there's a combination of everything yeah whatever i have accessible there's sometimes where i'd be okay uh, reading a book about fly fishing and then i'm like writing in the book on the back because it just like spurs something there's mm -hmm. someone that went on a fly fishing trip and in in uh in the gunnison river valley or something like that i'm like oh that's interesting but there's just a detail or there's something like oh that's a really good idea and it makes me think about something at a river in, on prince of wales or something like that so i write down my thoughts and ideas in a book um notepad sometimes i'm on a phone so when i'm out and catch a can if i'm like eating dinner and i'm kind of on my phone and i see a student i'm to learn your texting i'm not texting i'm writing a book and they're like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why would he lie to my face? You know, but <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there. You just got to write it down because I'm sure the same thing with like business ideas and whatnot or podcast ideas. You have an idea like, oh, I'm not going to forget you, you it. And have it's to gone do, for you a, have to write it down yeah. to think that it'll like come back. Yeah, it, it's so yeah. hard to 
to mm-hmm. actually have that happen. Yeah, any sort of creative anything if you don't write it down. Like you're about ready to fall asleep. Listen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or take pictures. You know, if you're yeah. out, uh, you're adventuring. What about you set reminder? That's what Brandon likes to do. Oh, yeah. dude, I he have. just sets the reminder instead yeah. of writing it down. You know what I, you know what I went to? He forgets it until the reminder, and then it's, and then it's gone at that oh, point, probably. Oh, the reminder's great, because then I can be like, reminder, mm, forget. Okay, good. Yeah. That'll remind <laughs> me. <laughs> Reminded you of everything no, you lost. No pressure. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm doing alarms. Oh, just man. a full That's fucking alarm. Like, dude, the to tomorrow, 10 a.m., yo, you need to call this guy back. I'm like, all right. Like, cause Straight I will. alarms? I set alarms, dude, because <laughs> oh they're super obnoxious, Yeah, and, and they piss me Fine, off. Fine, I'll like, do God, it. Damn it. All right, yeah. that's true. I need to get back to that. Yeah. All right, all right. How has uh, <laughs> being podcasters... Six times? <laughs> <laughs> I do it, too. Uh, How has being podcasters impact like your creativity and your everyday experience? Because you had jobs, and then you include this, or you're, you're just using a different part of your brain. You're thinking different creatively. So how has that impacted like other areas of your life? Um, it's tr- made a huge impact tremendously on me as far as social interactions with other people. Once there's just one little inkling that there's like some common interest or something interesting about a person, now I'm just like mm, peeling the layer back, oh, peeling the layer back. Got the onion. Peeling the layer back. Hey, would you want to come on a podcast and talk about that? <laughs> Targets. I, I, I just, old friend of mine forever, she's a badass rodeo horse barrel racer i know she does it she loves it and she spent a week in uh <clears throat> a weekend in Tina with like the wayne gretzky of female barrel racing she came up and did a clinic and for for that community that's a big deal mm-hmm. and in alaska it's not ginormous but there's a very strong following mm-hmm. there's a huge equestrian community here. right uh, in the rodeo life there you go, Jeff. Yeah. What? <laughs> uh, anyway, we were just we just got done with her car and we're chopping it up and she's telling me about her weekend and I'm like, you know, we haven't promoted anything about rodeo, horse racing, anything of that nature. And it didn't All even horse it, hunting. Ooh. It didn't even occur to me yeah. until we had that conversation. To and so to answer your question, those simple like just a social interaction with somebody will spur what could be an amazing conversation on a podcast. Yeah, it's it's cool so to now, find out what's what someone's thing is. So I'm it's always like, just like, you know, I'm I'm just I guess my ears always perked up. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm always ready to like, I guess just be more engaged in the moment with that person. Not necessarily to as a motivation to get them on the podcast as a guest to benefit from it, but just in general, it it I guess it just created maybe something where i appreciate people more yeah and what they have to say and what what they have going on in their story and their path and so a little long way to answer the question mm. yeah i could see that for you though your circle is pretty small yeah no it is i've kept and that's been my lifestyle i've always kind of kept things kind of tight mm-hmm. and i thought that was the way i liked it you f- fast forward the last five years of my life i've i've curved that narrative and now I like the expansion of more friends and connections and people. And I didn't really know that I wanted that, but now I love it. Like I didn't know that that's what I, I wanted. I, I, I like the tight knit yeah. group. It's less complicated, you know, 
It you gets, feel safer. Feel safer. It's a comfort zone, you know? It's natural, man. The types of people that you have on the podcast are types of people that get after it too. And so you're, yeah. you might not have the exact same things in common, but you're the type of person who gets after it. And you're talking with other people who get after it in a different realm and you can't help but be positively impacted. Like it's that, that common trait or that common productivity, that shared mm. idea, or that shared value. And that's so awesome to be around those sorts of people. It is that's motivating. Right. And, and, and then there was a time maybe where I was a little bit more um, like I don't, maybe jealous and envious of one's adventurous lifestyle where I was like, these assholes, man, they got the time on their hands and they're doing all this <laughs> shit. And like, but now I, <clears throat> I embrace it. Mm. I almost live kind of vicariously through mm. that and, and be excited and cheer them on yeah, versus being like one. a hate, just sort of being a hater. Yeah. And I wasn't being a hater because I'm an asshole. I just was like, kind of just envious and now it's you you curve your mindset to mean like and go yeah go get that whatever you do you know yeah and part of it is like the the widespread activity like you couldn't do it in a lifetime like you know exactly you can't do it all like learning how to to mush dogs to like running that iditarod to dana clan mckinley Mm -hmm. you know life in southeast like these things you're never gonna do crazy shit and then people like spending their whole life like starting a food business like heather i mean you get like this um like the best thing about Alaska is being here and experiencing things, but you can't experience it at all. So you get to like see what they're doing and shine, shine a light into like what they're up to and the passion that drives them and their experience that let them take that chance or the risk or whatever to get them in that position where they're ready to jump and do it. And that's fucking rad. Yeah, totally. The sharing part of it yeah. is what I appreciate a lot. Like sharing mm. what these other people are doing. That's so cool. Because you'll get, like, a random whatever. Like, let's yeah. say the other day I was at lunch and, like, Brock from 36, he's like, oh, man. I saw dude. you got him on the you got him on, on the calendar. Yeah. Like, right, uh, yeah. Right. Sweet. Um, and he was, like, he just mentioned one show. It was like, oh, man, I think it was actually Meg's show. He's like, man, that one Meg girl you had on with the thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, that was, like, the coolest show, man. I didn't know about this and that and that and this. And I was like, yeah, yeah man, she's a rad chick. You know, mm-hmm. it just made me feel like, oh, that was cool that some other random person was like inspired by something that they heard yeah the inspiration that can be created even if that one guest or person or conversation inspires just one person Mm -hmm. to get out of their shell Mm -hmm. or um what was it you sent us a, a comment on youtube where a guy was living the grind and he bought like some four wheelers and some toys and he's just grinding away and he just never has time to get out and play. So he's like, you know what? Fuck it, man. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to go get a job on the slope because I want like chunks of time off. Mm. And this works, you know, hit and miss for everybody. It's not necessarily the route, but for this particular individual, he said, you know what? I'm, I want a slope job so I can have that chunk of time off. And now he's like living his best life. Mm-hmm for that chunk of time he has off where he can spend quality time with his family and his kids going out riding and boating and fishing. And, you know, like for him, he realized like, Oh, you know, living for the weekend wasn't really what I needed to be doing. I needed to, you know, yeah. And there's a fair share of time and chunks of time missed for that. But again, my point is, is that 
a conversation in this podcast inspired somebody to make a life-changing decision mm -hmm. that is seemingly a positive for that person. Yeah. And that's that makes you feel so good, man. Yeah. You know? It's one of the cool things about the podcast, too, is, and one of the reasons why I started mine was there's a lot of podcasts out there where high achievers are talking to other high achievers. Mm. Whereas there's so many people, there's staggering amount of people in Alaska are just crushing it on a level that people don't really know about and they don't really care about it. I'm not trying to keep up with some sort of YouTube or social media following. I just crush it. And some of the best hunters you guys probably know are people who don't even have social media, don't even care about it. I right. care about the oh, fan. Yeah. I don't care about marketing it. So oh, man. to be You're able to so just, under the radar, yeah. yeah, just talk to ordinary, the, your ordinary Alaskan in a lot of cases is just real kick ass. And people can listen and think, Oh yeah, this is, this is great. Or, you know, just, you have other you have other jobs and so like you're out there you're fishing you're hunting when you have time but your number one priority is is your your dad your your mom your you know husband mm -hmm. wife and then you have your job too so you can do all those things well it's not about doing all this outside stuff at the expense of your family or the ex expense of your job or at the expense of whatever i'm trying to fill my life with all these experiences so that i look cool when it's actually kind of empty and that's kind of sad yep yeah. Well, speaking about like the job serious and that is that is really well said because i think earlier on <clears throat> as a parent and as a partner i i didn't realize that the drive and the motivation to get out and tear it up was coming at the expense of time spent with family and kids because you you want to have kids in a family you want that but then you want to get out and fish and hunt and play and you know it's not really that great when you come home and your wife's pissed off at you because you've been gone for three weekends in a row mm. like it fills your tank mm. but what's it doing to everybody around you and and it's like a hard balance because you it's easy to be just selfish and do your own thing but mm. you said it best that comes at the expense like that I had it pretty close to home there. Well, it doesn't have to. I mean, it could yeah, be like, right. you can balance it out. Yeah. yeah. There, there's so many opportunities in Alaska. Sometimes you learn the hard way, though. You can bring the kids and introduce them to mm -hmm. the real Alaska at whatever age. It's mm -hmm. it, every There's stuff in Alaska that's age appropriate for everyone. So mm -hmm. there's like a blend that mixes with like your lifestyle and your family yeah. that works. And it's like, you got to figure it out. But like, it's the first time you're being a dad, dude. First time we all yeah, are dads. I mean, you're, like, you're just doing the best. You're doing right. it the best you know how, and it may not be the best. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> we don't get what we want. Like, sometimes we don't get a limit out on Kings. And instead, we go, like, hikes and peaks and fucking play with yeah. lightsabers, you know? Sure. And that's just what we do. <laughs> that's right. In the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Good, well said. Totally. As you left the tent out there. Do you see when the Sunday storm? I haven't looked, man. I was going to wait until Mega. tomorrow. Fuck. Yeah, That's so this yeah. guy's sucking all that yeah, and left, coming this, back. left the tent out there so you can oh, I come back Saturday. He picked me up from the airport today. didn't have to, so I appreciated that. And he uh, oh, ran yeah. me by the hotel. So, yeah, oh, I got, I got cool. nothing nothing, nothing bad to say about uh, Brandon or any of you guys. So <laughs> I was pumped for that, man. It was cool that you were coming in. And yeah. 
That's it, fun. It came, it came fast because we put you on the calendar, and we, I, you know, we were talking about the the book signing at the shovel, and and I mean, June just came, and now we're look. I'm looking at the agenda and all, and, and the, the master note and what we have coming up. And I'm like, fuck, dude, like you're gonna be here tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm oh going to be God. gone tomorrow. It seems I'm like, like it's going to go so man. fast. Yeah, well, it's yeah. going to be so much fun. But that's what the summers do, man. Oh, it just flies. They yeah. show up, and then all of a sudden, it's just. You got to pack it in, man. Oh, you got to do it. Enjoy that's it day by day. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come right back with yeah. um, some more Lund action. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. Barney specializes in supplying hunters with the absolute best Alaskan proven gear on the market for some of nature's most rugged and demanding terrain. Whether you're headed to the remote volcanic islands of the Alaska Peninsula in search of a brown bear, or the shale infested glacial valleys of the Brooks Range for dull sheep, it is critical you choose the right gear for your dream hunt. Don't miss Barney's exclusive brand, Frontier Gear of Alaska, tested from the high mountains of Tajikistan to the extreme conditions of Alaska. These products were designed for high performance and durability. Frontier Gear was derived from decades of experience hunting big game in Alaska. Paired with other top brands, it provides you the absolute best gear selection anywhere in the world. Stop in at Barney Sports Chalet in Anchorage on Northern Lights or check out their custom website and reference tool at barneysports.com. The Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. BHA is the voice of our Alaska public lands, waters, and wildlife. From national level policy work to engagement with boots on the ground projects from Kotzebue to Ketchikan, BHA performs public land cleanups, hunting and fishing clinics, and community education to help take your game to the next level. BHA's community-minded goal is to uphold our hunting and fishing legacy while keeping wild lands wild and fostering the next generation of sportsmen and women for years to come. Make sure to follow BHA Alaska for upcoming events, local brewery pint nights, and more. Stand up for Alaska public lands and waters by supporting the Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Join us today at backcountryhunters.org. The Treehouse AK, your one-stop dispensary located at 341 Boniface Parkway. Be sure to ask the bud tender about their deal of the day because honestly, there's always something good on deck. And guys, listen. This is where the culture lives. At the Treehouse, their dedication to servicing consumers has been developed through a lifetime of involvement in the cannabis culture. They're committed to providing the highest quality products at whatever value your budget affords, while always maintaining the deep-rooted principles that have carried them this far. Their focus is on relationships over transactions, and you can always depend on them to treat you with the respect you deserve. Hit them up at thetreehouseak.com, and remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter their store. Yeah, it's not for everybody. Yeah. But doesn't college seem like the <laughs> it's time to try it? Yeah. <laughs> time find to try a lot of things. Find some boundaries. But uh Yeah, find out where what you're really made of. I was always worried about testing that line, getting over that line and redrawing that line so far that there were a couple of kids in the dorm that I just saw how like out of control they were and it kind of freaked me out. And then mm-hmm. I always had this That was me. <laughs> If I, I didn't want to have to go back to Cloak. I love Cloak, but that wasn't going to be best for me in my like twenties and thirties, and there wasn't going to be a career and a future there for me. Um, so I wanted to make sure that I was able to stay out. So 
I was pretty conservative and pretty scared of ruining my life because I thought that I might. I was one of those that just broke out of the jail, <laughs> parent jail, church jail. Just went full, yeah, let loose, full mayhem. Yeah, yeah. You were, uh, you were uh, cooped up. Yep. Kept that that's why like kept when in you a got cage. Oh yeah, dude. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, Blurriest uh, year of my life. I feel like like <laughs> we like Alaska Mommy doesn't tell me what to do. Doesn't do a good job about like I feel like some other states do a better job of like sheltering kids. Like Alaska does a good job of like letting kids be wild, but don't mm. teach them how to use things appropriately. So like when we went to college, I felt like all the partying was done. And I was ready to do school. And then all these other kids that had never partied before were like, we're here to party. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to see you. I'm going to library. I'll see you later. Yeah. And it was just like, <laughs> I'm good. You know, like I'm still going to have fun, but I'm going to do it appropriately. Johnny Law. Man. Jackie Law came out. Yeah. And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the law came down. Right now, the <laughs> I was like, freshman, you're gonna get straight A's. Yeah. <laughs> Clean that shit up. I remember yeah. you talking about that. That's a good point because I think just Alaskan kids party. They do, and then uh, I mean, America in general does a horrible job on being like, hey, this is how you appropriately use marijuana. This is when you might want to use marijuana, and the same thing goes for mushrooms or alcohol. Mm. You know. It's like, why, why aren't kids like being taught like, hey, you have one beer or whatever with dinner and you enjoy it and you stop. And instead, since their parents don't teach them this shit, they go and drink a whole fucking case or a whole yeah. bottle of peppermint schnapps and throw up. And then, you know, all this crazy <laughs> shit. And it's just like, okay, yeah, if, and that was, if we would just be a little bit more open to like, hey, there is appropriate use of all this stuff. And, and, and then ownership as a parent, instead of like sheltering them and helicoptering them being like, hey, I'm going to introduce this to you and I'm going to teach you why it's o when it's okay, when it's not okay, appropriate use non-appropriate use and then maybe we like won't have like all this crazy alaska over yeah so what age problems. are you gonna light the joint up with the twins <laughs> i almost think it's yeah yeah i can't do it i can't i can be Paxi, with, i can be with the fire i can be with one person on that uh, so like let's uh yeah that's never gonna happen but uh, i'll teach him about it Right. You know, for sure. Go but, visit uh, your Uncle Daniel. Yeah, I'll be so out of it. <laughs> Come I'll be on like, down I'll, the studio. I'll take like the little nibble and then I'll show you why that my body can't handle this. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think it comes down to, to kind of values in the, the, in those other countries. It's, you know, a glass of wine with dinner is part of the culture. Right. And yeah. so mm. what it leads to is just a glass of wine with the meal, a beer with a meal. Whereas here in our indulgent culture, it's just wild yeah and now social media it's even it's worse like West. how it's <laughs> yeah. you know the movies everything else so i think a lot of the kids who can be maybe more mature mature with their pushing of their limits or might not push too far the people who have values and how is this in line it's not that i never do anything it's that let me just be reflective let's self-aware so yeah. self-awareness and reflection like that's mm. in so many different contexts such a huge thing yeah <sighs> Yeah, you you kind of nailed it there. That's pretty I, deep, Jeff. <laughs> and you're getting like everything that I wasn't able to finish out with the students or that my students didn't listen to in May. I'm like trying to <laughs> say it now. Two adults that are all just like, yeah. You're going to send them all the link to, the to this podcast? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
and I forgot to tell you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I think a <laughs> lot of it. The segment after the break. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you talk to kids about, and you try to help them because we're all jacked up as adults. Like we're screwed up. We screwed up. We did bad things, and so we're trying to help kids <laughs> learn not make learn those our mistakes, lessons, right? Yeah, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. but it's it never works because we're recycling our experiences, but they want to have the experiences. Yep. And it's always just different enough to where they can't recognize. It's like, well, okay, if if it's ever 1999 and you were doing this, like, well, it doesn't apply because everything is different. So you try to do that and you try to help kids out. And um, yeah, but anyway, so I, I, I give kids those talks knowing that some of the kids are going to listen and other kids are like, oh, gosh, Here we I'm going to go. go to the va- bathroom. I'm going to go vape and make a TikTok. And <laughs> I yeah. bet he still thinks Tool is yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. So, how's the podcast going? Well, how many episodes you got now? Three hundred and forty-seven, I think, something like that. Three. Damn. I started in 2019, 17, 2017. Mm. Um, it's fun, you know, for the same reasons that we talked about stuff. There's some episodes that are kind of stinkers. Um, I think this is the solo episodes we don't have time to kind of process. Like, well, one of you is talking, I'm like processing what you're saying. And then I can uh, think about a response. We're doing solo episodes. It's not, there's no time to process. You're just kind of going and just hope you're grasping at something and you hope that you make some sort of point. Um, but again, for the same reasons you guys like it, like the people that I've been able to talk to and I like you guys. I mean, it's just so when you guys started out and you guys had me on, that was one of those moments in the podcast where I thought, well, what am I going to do with this? What am I doing with this? Where is this going? And I just saw how, what you guys were bringing to it, who you were having on, how excited you were and how you guys went all in on it. But without that attitude of, we're going to quit our jobs just to do this podcast. It was like, we're going to do other things in our life. Other things are definitely important too. This is something we're going to put on top of all that and try to make our schedule efficient enough to do all these things well, which was sweet. It was really motivating. So between you guys and, and, and Tyler Friel, it's really cool to be able to, feel that I'm, I'm helping to give a voice to Alaskans. Um, even though I talked to a lot of people down South too, but it's just fun to talk oh, to people great. and staying with it. a lot of podcasts, you know, they don't last a lot of stuff happens for, you know, whatever reasons, but it's been a lot of fun to listen to you guys and, and poach some of your guests and have them on and just like listen and think about stuff and questions to ask and different people to have. And it's just, it's been a lot of fun, um, to track people down and, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there one that stands out? Stories? Is there a standout in that 300? And I think the wife ones are pretty funny. The wife ones? Yeah. There's sometimes she'll she'll say something. And at first she didn't want to be you on the still podcast. still Zoom her in? Uh, no. <laughs> 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 uh, All right, honey, you go in the other room. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, been, it's been fun to t- just talk to her and chat about that and kind of have that. You know, a podcast with your wife is kind of a cool thing to, you know, we can talk about the hunt and we don't really talk about or like plan what we're going to talk about. So it's fun to just recap the hunt. Mm. And then there's the story I thought would be told. And there's like her perception of the story. And I think yeah. oh, those were not the same, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so that's been a lot of fun. Um, Welcome to marriage. Hey, yeah. nice plug. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out. Give him white feeling. Yeah. Yeah. That's, what, that's, one year coming up. That was a smart response. Uh, two years, two years coming yeah. up. Okay. Congratulations, yeah. man. Yeah, it's, it, it's been my, fun. It's been well, you here two summers ago? Yeah, it was two summers ago Damn. on the, uh, and that was another thing cool because that was, you uh, guys got met to meet, you. right? 
Yeah, I met uh, went, went and got some caribou dogs, and oh. then you gave us a tour of yeah. uh, double shovel, yeah, it was and that super was super really cool. fun. Abby was great. Yeah, because she understands the science stuff. Yeah, she was super like dirty like we are, so it was yeah. great, like yeah. dirty in a wonderful, awesome way. Yeah, so. and one of my eyes was rolling back in my head because I don't, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. speaking okay. Japanese and shit. Okay, yeah. fermentation. Okay, and then uh, <laughs> carbon, and then using that to add. Okay, that sounds like a really good, cool thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was uh, make a tasty beverage. Yeah. Some for everybody yeah absolutely absolutely and um, it was a fun day i was glad you yeah. stopped by yeah um the repeat podcast people are, are pretty fun because you get to know them a little bit different and mm. i think if like the first podcast when i was a guest here or i wasn't here it was a you haven't done any other remote ones right is that the only one that you've done that that was we did do billy malls okay over the phone okay yeah totally two. different feel so I, that's another thing oh, that I liked. It. You guys have you guys have stuck to that standard of let's have the people in here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's focus on that, which has been really cool. Um, yeah, people open up when you're here, and it, yeah. it's super chill. So like that onion peels back a little deeper yeah. and a little easier. Yeah, you turn up the heat in here. I'm sweating. Yeah, I know it's, it's true. That's it's my fault. Ciders yeah. um, will do that though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it does get hot here. Um, Actually, we should open that door. Up. There's a lot of there's a lot of airflow. good I'll ones go for like different up. reasons. I'm sure you have those too, where some people have really really good stories, um, and so it's a, like a really fun, entertaining one. Whereas other times it's like this is a really good, like value type one. Yeah. It's like oh, this was like we hit some really good stuff there. Whereas this one was just a great time. Is there someone out there that you really want to get? I mean, we keep um, a, we keep an ongoing list of possible guests or people we want to do. Um, none are really outlandish. I have a couple outlandish ones that I want to get on, yeah. but I'm curious on what who you. I think some of those hunting ones would be would be great, um, but then the the fear is always, you know, they say never to meet your hero. Because there could be the perception of what you think this person's going to be. Mm. And when you get them and sit them down and talk, they don't have the time for you. They don't respect it. They're like, oh, you get to talk to me for 42 more minutes until I will leave. Um, so I think some of the big hunters, and it'd be interesting to talk to Steve Renella, Cam Haynes. Totally. Um, they would be... I, I can't even imagine how catastrophic the fail would be if I was like on Rogan's or Rogan was on mine. Like, hey, Rogan, Joe Rogan, can you just call me and I'll zoom you in? You're like, what up? What up? Uh, hey, man. So, what's what, what are you doing? You say you like you like mushrooms and elk and that's I've awesome. Seen this alien. Me- remember when you were UFC on, going? On, on Fear Factor? That was awesome. You remember that uh, SNL bit with uh, Chris Farley? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 same thing. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's funny because so. like the ones I think like nothing to do with honey. Like I want to get Jewel on just for some. Oh yeah, sweet. just because oh, she's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Her yeah. interview was great on the on Rogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great at the the Alaskan thing, the imperfection. Like I remember when I was in in high school. Like the fact that her she had that one tooth that was a little off, I, I, yeah. I found that so endearing because she was like real, like a real person. Like she's not all <laughs> not all made up and whatnot. And I think she really, and that was part of her charm. I think that she was very talented, very Alaskan, and yeah, I think that would be a, a really cool one. I have a lot of 
Jewel and Alanis Morissette lyrics like in my brain yeah. somehow. <laughs> like it just like oh shit. How do I know that song so well? Same thing with like you know your early early two thousands nineties. Like how do I know a lot of Eminem? I know a lot of just random stuff that just absorbs somehow. And yeah, I don't know, but yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah, set an alarm like Brandon. Get that right out of there, you, man. That's right. <laughs> who, who else is on your list of people to have on? Uh, there's a long list of people we want to get that are doable. That was just one crazy one. Um, another crazy one was, uh, I wouldn't say crazy. Who would, uh, i have to look at the list. But that was the standout one, just because she's wild. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know if that would be all that crazy. I just don't know. No, I, I wouldn't. Not crazy. I just think that she's wild. Yeah. And I want to get some oh, yeah, stories yeah. that are like, yeah. you know. Yeah. But as far as like obtaining that, she seems like the type of person who wouldn't be above the experience. It's just a matter of reaching some of those people in that stratosphere. It can be hard to, yeah. how do you, how do you get into their, their, yeah, how do their you radar? Get in yeah. How do you even get in touch with them? Yeah. How do you email or send a DM? Like, no, it's not going to happen. Different stratosphere. Well, yeah. I, w I think it would be really dope to have. You don't think I sent her a DM? <laughs> hey, it's Daniel again. Hey, uh, yeah, awesome. well, hey it's the gazelle. Burrito. Hey, yeah. <laughs> now the that gazelle. air burrito's got a secret, a separate Instagram. Uh, Nobody knows about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking about that, and I, because we're we're just really. I mean, not that the, the Rennells and the Rogans and they're not uh, grassroots, but this is like really, truly yeah, some like shit out of the garage type, mm -hmm. you know. And I know those guys all st started their pods, you know, gr ground level, one one way, shape, or form. But I would just love, because I know, I know, I just feel like I know, listening to those guys, and obviously they have like a lot going on in their lives, are pretty big time, but I'm pretty sure you get them in this room and they're just another awesome dude to have a conversation with i'd hope so and that's where i feel like th th that would come through if we were able to get some of those high profile podcaster yeah. celebrity type guys on here even though i know they got man i can only imagine what's running through their head every day and what they're mm -hmm. dealing with but i feel like this vibe this place this room makes it just sh have a beer crack it open yeah mm -hmm. just I, I, we're just all on the same level here you know it's it's yeah, yeah i think the questions you would ask them too would bring them back to when they were at this point not to mm. like be a you know we are so far below them as far as podcasts or creators but obviously they've ascended to a different level and so rather than a high achiever or a, a millionaire a hunt for a liver hunt for a liver hunter for a living there's yeah. some that are talking to another <laughs> yeah those people talking about oh you know when i was in new mexico and i killed this bull and then i killed this bull, i think we would ask different questions that would bring them back to it. And it would be a different angle oh, yeah. that people wouldn't hear. So I think that'd be something that would be a super interesting listen, because it's not just about this one time I was here and I killed this bull this one time I was here and I killed this deer. So I think it could be a, a pretty cool, interesting one, but you know, some of the big people in, in the industries, they're just not who they seem to be. And you'd hope that they would, it would bring out that, that cool, humble beginner, but yeah, you never know. Jackie, you got I'd somebody? Enthusiastic. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, Uncle Ted, you know. Oh, I was just thinking that one. Uh, but other than Uncle Ted, like the real, like, we've got to meet so many rad people. And, like, my big gap is, like, like a true, authentic um, 
native leader, mm. you know, um, that's mm. trying to like mend like the old ways of living and like maintaining like what they know as Alaska and their Alaska with like the modern, mm -hmm. you know, influence, um, man, like one of these true elders would be so rad. And yeah, we just, we just, ha we've had kind of like opportunities to get kind of close to it, but we yeah. haven't really, Alice has come on like had like you know one of the like the leader of the community mm -hmm. be able to come in and, and talk about like their full life experience yeah. and like you know what they see for the future and what they've done so far and because there's a lot of lessons for us in that and uh i mean that's some um, that's like a message that like i think all of alaskans like respect but we don't get to hear you know yeah. so it's like we know to, to respect it but we don't know what it is yeah although you know that was an awesome thing about growing really up in like cloak was that it was probably 60 40 native to to white yeah and so i remember native art class you know we had native art from kindergarten up through middle school and there was a high school class you could take but there was so limited offerings based on teachers like you couldn't get in there um but um remember john rowan in uh native art telling Kushtika stories. I'm like, John, I have a knife in my hand. Like you can't be telling me these scary stories about yeah, the Kushtika, yeah. man. But, uh, <laughs> man, he's just an unbelievable wealth of knowledge. Um, a master carver. He's carving all those totems, but he doesn't get any like credit. I think time magazine interviewed him once for some of the caves that have, have stuff uh, mm -hmm. on Prince of Wales. But I mean, he just, when he, when people talk about looking at a piece of wood and being able to see the totem that's going to be carved mm -hmm. or seeing the work of art and, um, we have the first halibut bowl he ever carved. And I'm like, dude, this is crazy. At the time, is he was just kind of, hey, you know, he's right. just kind of starting out. But now that we have that, and he's, you know, selling stuff for thousands of dollars because he's just a really, really good artist. But he doesn't, he doesn't have a social media, anything like that. He's just, just that old school does the thing master such a great example of you know he wake up wakes up gets on facebook and says good morning to everybody as he has his cup of coffee at, at 4 30 in the morning then he goes and he carves and um just retired and he was the custodian at the high school oh that goes so from rad. custodian to to full-time native art teacher um, just an amazing human being and then he um, knows the culture of of uh cloak in the in the old days and just mm -hmm. the the kindest friendliest person and he's able he's that bridging the honoring the traditional but also in the modern time utilizing the, the best of capitalism without again manipulating undermining or corrupting um that i just there's some unbelievable people out there that are so great and i'm so happy that i was able to to grow up in a town like that because of those values yeah. and they're respecting the elders and how many times we go to basketball games and the, there were seats that were reserved for the elders and everybody respected that. It was just part of it. And yeah. so as a kid, I learned so much from that and I, and it was such an important thing. And, um, I go home now and they say, you know, people from Cloak say, welcome home. And it's just such a, mm -hmm. a, a warm greeting to, to, to be back. And I mean, obviously there's, you know, we were the, a, a white family in Cloak, but it didn't matter. You know, the, 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 the the people that we we were accepted like we're all chieftains it was just a mm -hmm. um being asked to speak at graduation was crazy there i'm just like wow whoa you know what's going on here um but yeah i think that's uh that's a voice of alaska that's it's great that it is being more amplified and uh the value you get from from people who are able to talk about it in a good way is is really cool what's the best place to get a beer in co-op <laughs> 
There's no bars. There's zero a, bars. Zero bars. There's a there's a grocery store. There's a liquor store. So I guess they have the pl- best place to get a beers. Is there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, the question. I, I'm sorry, I was laughing over here so hard because I'm like, it just has to be one place. Yeah, yeah. It's like I know. It, it's just, like Uncle, Uncle Joe's, man. Like he's got the best <laughs> beer. <laughs> oh, the grocery store. Shit, okay. man. There's yeah, no hot dog stands Joe's? out there. No yeah. hot dog stands. It's prime property for that. Yeah. Huh? So moving to Ketchikan was like going into the city. Yeah, I had, like, I had moving a moving out the hood. Stop off at college in Tucson that I I taught in California yeah. for a couple of years, so I had that. But uh, moving home was oh man, it was so great. Ketchikan <laughs> is is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe the best best of both worlds ish. We're still the tight knit, but it's, the it's pretty tight. Too. It, it depends on you know same probably thing with Anchorage. You know, you're talking with some really high achieving, like some of the best of Alaska has to offer is here as far as entrepreneurs. Some of the people you've had on are just truly remarkable people. Um, but there's also, you know, when we drove by the Sullivan arena and I was like, Ooh, there, there's where we never went to state. Like we never played there cause we always lost at regions. We never got to play there. And now, you know, then it was a homeless shelter and there's a lot of other stuff mm-hmm. that's kind of, there's that unfortunate side of the downside of, of society. And so in catch can, it's the same thing. You have the, the great, awesome entrepreneur business owning friends. And then you have you know some people that hang out by Safeway and like oh geez that's rough mm-hmm. but it's kind of like your circle versus other circles and sometimes they overlap and it's you know it's you got to find that anywhere but how's the basketball coaching going I'm done never going back <laughs> <laughs> never going back it was great I was, t- I was, I was telling Brandon as we were driving around that um like one of the reasons or one of the things that I miss or that I don't miss much about most about coaching is like being up here for the diamond tournament and driving around half the girls basketball team. And it's, you know, cold outside. There's an inch and a half of ice on the road and we got this rental vehicle and they got kids singing to Taylor Swift or whatever <laughs> stuff they're on there. Coach, it's going crazy in there. And I'm just trying to like not skid into the vehicle in front of me or, <laughs> or going to the mall. And then, you know, just like keeping tabs and just making sure, okay, there's who, who's following these kids around, you know, it's, it's big city. And there's, you know, sometimes these kids are, are somewhat naive. So you never know what you're going to encounter. So, um, yeah, I don't miss that at all. <laughs> Too much pressure, man. That's Too much pressure. You're gone a lot. And then you're yeah. up here and, we had an instance we were staying at the uh, Diamond Center. Is that the hotel right next to the? Yeah. Yeah. To um, the Diamond Center itself? Yeah. yeah. So we <laughs> we we got back from a game late from, I don't know if it was State or the Diamond Tournament, and like the homeless person walked in and was just kind of like obviously in, under the influence of something and it was just kind of like walking his way toward a couple of our girls. And so like we – me and another assistant coach like walked over there just to make sure that there was a buffer, but like they don't need that sort of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there, I mean, I ice skated once at the diamond center, which was pretty fun. Uh, the kids were all laughing at me. They, they weren't allowed it to skate cause they were going to get in trouble. So I was like, well, on your behalf, I will ice skate. And they all laughed at me. Cause I'm, I'm horrible, just terrible at ice skating. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> Like happy Gilmore esque, <laughs> <laughs> but without the hockey skill, it's just. Atrocious. You put on the no green, the green, the green figure skates they got over there. I don't know what color they were, but uh, it was it was bad. The one size fits all, and of course there was like a, a 
a, a fetus that was just you know going around super fast and oh, yeah. just yeah. like <laughs> like making fun of me i'm like gosh dang Skating it backwards and crossing yeah like, well you have nowhere to fall it's not gonna hurt like me it's gonna hurt there's gonna be some distance to fall yeah yeah tree so, coming down yeah I, I miss a little bit of it it's it's a nice way that you can kind of get the best out of kids and yell at them and it's cool to see that growth but you know i'm, I'm done with uh done with coaching yeah i was thinking there had to be some really good values and like life lessons yeah from the experience or else you wouldn't have kept doing it i mean you kept going back yeah yeah year after year you probably were like yeah i'm not going back next year and here i am yeah i think it, <laughs> up until the end i was like i'm in it i'm in it and i was like "Ooh, i'm i'm not really sure and so as soon as you're not sure you got to get out okay. especially with that because the kids kids tell yeah you know, oh if, yeah if you're halfway into experience you're not really there so i was like man if we're going to be going on all these trips <laughs> if we're going to be going to fairbanks and if we're going to anchorage and sleeping in hotels and it's just it's best that that i'm fully there so and i was just the assistant coach too so the 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 varsity head coach was very invested and very diligent. That was he was so good, um, so you know, and he, he he did great afterwards. It wasn't like he really needed me, but yeah, so it was fun. How's the? Um, I've been enjoying your house videos. <laughs> we talked about that. The house videos. I yeah, just, I've been enjoying them a lot. Uh, thanks, man. I uh, yeah. Oh, for it's, people it's listening, fun. the Instagram is Alaska at Alaska Lund is yeah. your personal one. Yeah, and then the underscore media underscore Alaskan. Yeah, I I, they, I doing two of them is just I'm like, what am I doing? I don't want to do two pot two. Uh, try, yeah, I got to manage four. two of those damn things. Yeah, yeah. Well, for you, it's just a one half oh. of one. He I doesn't do that. He doesn't yeah, do it. Do That's it. too much, These guys, man. Yeah. They but post, yeah. it's a miracle. I think yeah. I'm about to just make the image the only photo, and then there'll just be no posted. Just pin it. <laughs> just repin it. Yeah. Yeah. Set a timer so that uh, <laughs> you, you, you make another I'm going to set an alarm for 9.30 yeah. tomorrow morning after our meeting, and I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's what I was going to do. Well, it, it was an interesting place to build a house because Southeast Alaska, you know, people were, when I posted a couple things on YouTube, people were looking at, because you don't have to bury the foundation. You have to dig way down, you know, down south in lower 48. You have a basement, like, for tornado, you know, mm. protection. And then also just you have a basement, whereas you don't dig down in the muskeg or there's bedrock, so you don't do that there. Um, you don't bury the foundation. You don't have to, according to code. You don't deal with, with permafrost. You don't deal with any of that sort of stuff. So um, just that was an interesting build factor. And then telling people about how the fact – Is it on pilings? To, huh, you just build the – the foundation is just laid above the surface and then you, you, you know, put six to eight inches of gravel kind of around it afterwards, but you don't have to dig it down mm -hmm. um, into there. So you kind of lay the foundation and then everything kind of comes up. You put a slab in for your garage. Um, but then all the materials have to come from Washington. So mm -hmm. we had to figure out ways to get as much material as we could in each container so that we weren't, let's ship the doors up in one container and you know because you're paying yeah. for so much so if you have yeah. to pay for the whole container you have to really plan so my builder was great about this first container we're gonna get all this we got the framing package and then the container we had all the insulation had you know throw some doors in there and this that so that meant that we meant we had to store the doors and move them seven or eight times yeah but it was just that much better to make sure that we didn't have to pay yeah. for a whole another shipping container coming up so um i think you know, we've paid upwards of sixteen to eighteen thousand dollars in just shipping. So, um, yeah, I, I wanted to kind of tell that story of building the house, just because it's so interesting to people who are 
builders or are building a house, you know, just to kind of, you know, stuff to, to look at and think about. And there was a uh, one post I made that, um, we put the insulation up, then we're going sheetrock on top of that. And someone asked about uh, a vapor barrier where you put up a sheet of plastic in mm-hmm. between. Mm-hmm. And like, that was the old technology. The new technology is, is that what happens is that between the outside and that sheet of plastic, that's where everything, the vapor get, actually builds. That's where the vapor builds. Mm-hmm. And so you get a so much, so much more of the black mold. And so people who are the old school, you put the plastic up, we're like, where's your vapor barrier? And the, the exterior and the um, um, sheetrock and then the paper on the insulation is enough of a vapor barrier. That's what you use as it, but then it's able to breathe enough that you're not just going to trap in moisture and you're going to get mold. Mm. So that's the new technology. And so um, that was another interesting thing to, mm-hmm. to look into. But of course, you know, you post anything on Facebook and it's like, well, actually, you're not going to want to do so, that. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of a cool thing to, thing to share and, you know, just cause catch can is pretty unique, but so what about the building and all that rain dealing with all those materials and has everyone got a metal roof trying to keep it dry? We went with the uh, asphalt shingle. Okay. Just cause you don't hear the, oh, the, hear the, rain the as much. yeah. And then, um, there's ways that you can get the little, I don't know what they're called, but to prevent the snow from sliding off. But to, even if you do have those, there's a chance you're going to just rip out the gutters. So uh, for sound purposes and everything else, we just went with that asf- asphalt single shingle, and it's it's been it's been nice. What do you guys have here? A mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I had a metal roof on my old house, and the snow slides, even with those snow stoppers, were mm-hmm. brutal. Yeah, they they kill kid type shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I always wondered about that part, like the danger that the, that creates. Oh yeah, it it uh, knocked my be... whole back deck off the house and my old house. Oh, it slid off yeah. and grabbed it and just ripped yeah. off the. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even with the snow stoppers <laughs> on the front, though, they had more. Like I don't know, like how many you're supposed to have, like per square area, you know, whatever it is, one per square foot or something. I don't have no idea, but the back of the house had way less than the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is the house done? Yeah. It's done. We've been in for about two months. Done, done. Yeah. You have a picture on your on your page. Is it on? Um, is it on your personal? I, I think I did a YouTube of it, but um, yeah, I think there was a snow oh, photo. Was it YouTube. What, how can you search it up? Jeff um, Lund's crib. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> cribs by Lund. Uh, is it under your mediocre? On step media, I change it to on step media just in case I decide to do more like media type stuff. But uh, yeah, I posted a picture that was meant to kind of be the the house build is done. It was there was a bunch of snow around. Dang, is that that and, fat uh, bear right there? Oh, the one this one here. Oh yeah, see, yeah, I watched it. Yeah, this is the that one. I watched. The, that's the number two. Actually, how, that how let's watch this. It was cool if we watch this video. That fat bear that was last year's fat bear that my buddy oh, Ryan they passed on. also didn't shoot. It looks like oh. the same bear, it's a big bear. But my buddy, he's he does. Oh, you got the dry cow that has thing? a bigger dog, dude. That thing is legit. Bro, he's got, one that up. shit's in the back of my truck, dude. Yeah. What is that? I might have to stay there. It's the sagebrush, uh, the sagebrush. Cavern? Dry. Remember, I was telling you I bought that bag. The, you, yeah, you'll see it when we get the gold can. Double zips, did you? Oh yeah, dude. Oh, oh this, I got the that's same exact the sage bag. Sage dry bag. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so the right. duffel style. How big is that one? I have both the uh, alpaca rafts, the uh, paddles, 
waders, boots, um, and some other stuff. The only reason I didn't keep packing was because uh, I didn't want it to get over fifty pounds. Is this what happens when your guest is watching that? You just you just keep yeah, you got going it back. Yeah, yeah. you you next thing you know, you're looking, next thing you know, you're right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> just swing that on back. Um, yeah, so that was the that was a huge pain because the utilities weren't stubbed out. The water sewer was stubbed out down the. Uh, driveway the driveway is off to the left there so we had to go underground here but we couldn't get to the depth needed f to get below the freeze line on that because uh, this is all fill right here the end, of the end of the pad is like right here the rest of it is just fill from a different lot so you couldn't get an excavator there to dig down deep enough and so we had to go arctic pipe above that so it's 75 feet to the edge 75 feet down the slope and that pipe is so unbelievably expensive. It was like ten grand for the for those pipes. Are, do uh, they have like heat trace in them? Or? Yeah, they got heat trace. I mean, so they're pretty awesome, but it was just so expensive um, to do that. What's heat trace? It's like heat tape, but oh, it's um, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, you have your underground or your uh, under the house stuff that's not like industrial grade, but the stuff that's for exterior use is much better. So, um, yeah, this is the almost done. I think there's a finished one. Good. me kind of walking around there yeah we built uh the lean-to on the side to have a boat um that could have the rods up or the antennas oh, up yeah. so it's it's plenty big to kind of keep that uh keep that dry um it's well documented i enjoyed watching it just how you're talking about the doors yeah <laughs> kept moving the doors kept moving the doors and then it's weird, like you take pictures all around the house as you're building. That way you know where the, the lines are and that way you know where the electricity is. And so if you're drilling any holes later, you kind of know where stuff is. Um, oh, that's how you do that? Oh, there's yeah. those doors. There's the doors. Moved them uh, a lot. Did you ever scratch them moving them? Uh, I think dinged it a little bit. And just to be clear, like my wife and I did very, very little. We did the insulation. We moved some stuff. We uh, uh, did the painting, did a whole bunch of that sort of stuff. But uh, all this stuff was done by professionals. We weren't like Googling how to wire the house or do any plumbing or anything like that. So, But, um, you know, you can cut out costs just by being available in the evenings to clean up afterwards. So that way the electrician doesn't have to sweep. You know, it saves you know, 15, 20 minutes a day over the length of the job, you know, you're saving a couple hundred bucks and you, if you apply that to everything, you know, you paint the baseboard yourself, you do a lot of the hauling yourself, you're just available. It really helps to minimize some of those costs. Do the insulation yourself, which is a huge pain. So. Damn, looks what a project. Yeah, it looks mm -hmm. good. I like how you put lots of windows in there, though. Yeah. 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 Lots of daylight. A heat pump is great. Works as a dehumidifier and super efficient. We we uh, heat went, pump. Yeah, went up a little bit in that, um, so it's a little bit bigger than we might need. But it, it just runs so stinking efficient. So that's definitely the a good way to heat the house. Satisfied with it? Oh, I love it. You guys are Unbelievable. on oil yeah. down there. What's that? You guys are on oil. Uh, no, it's um, uh, electric. So. Um, Oh, there's a, is there a dam down there? Yeah, we got a couple little hydro hydro uh, uh, plants. And uh -huh. then, uh, if things get hairy or something like that or the water gets too low, the then generator. they go with um, a diesel generator. What's the um, megawatt or kilowatt hour? Not sure. Not sure. Old stat going, guy here. You're going back in uh, back in history. Yeah, that was Oh, the, that was back in that history? Was the beginning, yeah. Okay. That's the... So you just like flattened out the pad, improved the pad, and then uh, 
Yeah, it looked like a nice dry yeah. day there. We put in the, uh, stubbed out the pipes so that way we could put the foundation on top and we wouldn't have to wait for that trench to oh, get down. Oh, I see down. what you mean but, now. Yeah, so it's all okay. on top and then you just fill in some gravel to about the top of that, but it's mostly for aesthetics and so that you don't, like you want it built up Pretty a little nice. bit so no water can get underneath, but um, yeah, so we got everything in three shipments from Lower 48, which saved a ton of money, so that was... That was huge. And wow. Buddy Rob did most of the work. He did had one guy who'd helped him on a house before, uh, but another kid was just pretty pretty green to the whole thing. Damn, April to June, that went quick. Yeah, he, he crushed it. He crushed it. That's awesome. Yeah. Pretty uh pretty cool there. Yeah, that's awesome. So you're all in there, huh? Fully locked in? Yeah, it's great. Loving our own noise, our own mess. It's all just on your own terms, which is which is so nice. So, yeah, there's no HOA. Homeowners. There is. Like we can't have chickens. Oh. There was a minimum build, which was I think it was seventeen hundred square feet of living space. But other than that, that's about it. Yeah. No chickens. What's up with that? They're loud and annoying, apparently. Oh, huh. <laughs> so, it's too bad. But there, there's a rooster down at the bottom. Of the hill just across the street so not in our neighborhood yeah but we get to hear it all the time oh, sure. so you know it's pretty much like we have like we got them there yeah it mm -hmm. seems like that contradicts everything because yeah unfortunately it's across the road if they were within our neighborhood then they'd have to adhere but uh yeah yeah whatever <laughs> damn them bastards get up early like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning too yeah this one i think is in hail there's just down the road a little bit someone burns some like real real toxic stuff like they're burning tires Daily. Oh shit! So that roaster is a little off. Ooh. Oh, it's a little kind of when it wants to, when it feels like it, kind of starts getting belligerent <laughs> about two in the afternoon. Mm. So just kind of, all right. Well, let's not make fun of him because he's probably got some issues. <laughs> Poor rooster. Mental illness <laughs> is a serious issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, talking about the gear <laughs> stuff, you're talking about the oh. sage dry brush stuff. I'm, I mean, you guys just battle that water. Yeah, like nonstop. What's Rain. like some of the faves? Um, what have you found that works? How's that TB going? The seek outside, right? I wish my buddy Ryan has one. I haven't bought one yet. Okay. So, uh, but it's it's so awesome. It's so nice. We uh, hiked it up a mountain once, and it just when when you can get dry or you can get warm, or when you're waiting out the fog and it's raining, you're not in a small tent. You know, when you when you're just in there, it's it's horrible. So you you have the seek outside. And you can get warm and dry. You have space. You can stand up. You can stretch. You can relax. You can eat. It's just so much better. Um, the early season spring bear hunt is great to have one of those. Again, they're so light. And if you're you're going out there for a spring bear, so it's you're taking a boat or a skiff, so you're like you're not worried about having to pack stuff. You know, you're not limited in space. You can just get after it. So um, Rain gear, I love the Grundens bibs and the Grundens. Uh, I got a quarter zip, which is really nice. It locks in the heat, so it's stinking hot. But I also have a, a full on zip down. It's just you know you're going to get wet either from sweat, which will evaporate better because your body temperature is higher, um, or you're going to get wet from the rain. And if you get soaked because you're not wearing waterproof stuff, that's not going to dry out. It's not going to evaporate because you're just cold. So I'd rather be wet from sweat. You can regulate that. Mm -hmm. uh, you just mm -hmm. sit down, especially, especially with like the, the bibs that they're kind of open. So, mm -hmm. you know, at the, at the bottom, you get some, some ventilation, some air going in there. So just stay hydrated. But uh, I like the bibs on this really sloppy, messy, um, not the Alpine cause you're just hiking too much. Um, 
but uh yeah grunnins is is great for most of the year fishing um hunting and then alpine just go with your i have a what are the pants outdoor research pants and then a stone glacier jacket but you know it just rains and rains and rains and rains mm-hmm. you know you're gonna get wet so it's just a matter of time yeah mm-hmm. what's the boots you're running uh, i got a pair of crispies which i'm wearing right now which are which pretty great uh they were very waterproof up until they weren't yeah um <laughs> like all boots it's like the when you're walking in the musk eggs it's like walking on a wet sponge and there's no way that you're gonna keep those dry if you are doing a little creek crossing and as long as you're in and out of the water pretty quick you're gonna be fine but just it's four hours on a sponge a wet sponge like water is gonna get in because there's no break from it you know it's not it was wet or it's getting rained on like it's just constantly in the wet so it's gonna it's gonna leak a little bit so have you tried the um safeway bag I have not tried the Safeway bag. <laughs> have you found the old like Safeway plastic bag? Like a good actual like like rubber style boot that works good in the muskeg and you can hike in. That um, was one thing that we were struggling with. There's a lot of people who just go with the extra toughs. Yeah. And you just run those Alpine whatever. Um Grunden's boots are pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Um I know a couple of people who use the uh corked uh extra mm-hmm. toughs on uh, Alpine hunts. Mm-hmm. Because down there, we don't have a lot of that shale or that scree. Um, we have a lot more just kind of carpeted um, alpines. So once you break free of the, of the timber, it's 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 pretty stinking slick, but it's vegetation. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have some grab with uh, mm-hmm. either with spikes or with, uh, with spiked boots. So um, it's just kind of what you get used to. And so if the, the program that you learned was extra tough, so you just deal with no ankle support. Yeah, and I'm surprised well, they we, haven't made made one. Well, we found that one pair. Remember, we we brought them up on the podcast like two years ago. It was like one pair that was um, had laces all the way up, and they were a rubber boot. Mm. Oh. So you can get some ankle. You support. guys remember that? The, I know that. Yeah, like, but a, it was like a billion <clears throat> different laces. You like know, the goth like, style. It was like yes, like very goth style. <laughs> like ninety different eyelets on each side. Yeah, I want to say like L. Bean makes. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't LLB and it was like a famous boot manufacturer, but there's nothing in between. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, like, just think about like the evolution of snowboarder ski boots. Like, they've gone to, you know, the drawstring or like just be- better clamping. It's like, there's got to be something and we yeah. all need it. You mm-hmm. know, the demands there, we're ready. We're ready for like that blend of, yeah of uh extra tough meets like scarpa you know yeah like when's it coming yeah the scarpa tough yeah scarpa tough (laughs) (laughs) that's what we need yeah you kind of just i mean your mentality going out is different knowing that it's going to most likely be wet yeah and i think most of the hunts down there just a lot of times we do day hunts or overnighters one or two nights and so you know that you're you're back in two days you gut it out so when you guys are talking about eight to 10 day hunts and you're soaked for that long, it's a little <laughs> bit different, but there is a chance that, you know, maybe the storm breaks, so you can stay in the tent. Like it's a little bit different, but there it's, it rains for a while. Not that it can't rain for a long while up here too, but oh, no, but I mean, the hunts are a lot shorter. You can, you can access the territory, whether it be mountain goat, bear or deer territory, you're getting there so much quicker. So you don't have to do the eight to 10 dayers. Um, so that, that makes a big difference too, that you can just gut it out. Like I'm soaked, but I can just keep moving knowing that I can just go down the mountain, get back to the truck. So 
if I sit, I'd get hypothermia, but I'm not going to sit. Just keep moving, mm-hmm. and I can still hunt effectively. You know, they might need, like, the vacuum seal. Mm. What? <laughs> I right like to that it. Right to the gator, up, up to yeah. the knee? Yeah. Just, yeah, or just, just, just your foot, and then your foot goes in. You know, yeah. and the and the bag has a five five toe. Are you talking like a one time you bag? sock? It's just like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it, dude. Then you got I know all that some, shit around. Someone does, you know, those uh, wading socks, the guard, uh, the guard uh, socks that you put underneath yeah. uh, wading the wading socks. Seal skin, like the uh, uh, neoprene oh. guy. Um, yeah, walk them dry. That's a uh, we're huge fans of the wading socks. I mean, we uh, we use them a lot fishing. Like I fish in shorts mm-hmm. a lot yeah. with those, and mm-hmm. uh, so does like this crew that we float some rivers with, and it, it's pretty wonderful. But um, I would not want to walk all day. I know, like not it, outside you, you of the river. Don't get the f- the the fit that you would want. No, and your foot it's just be too much sweating. But now that sucks. seal skins seal skin has come out with a lot of newer. Like, because before also, like, with the waterproof gloves, they're always like, oh, you can't yeah. grab anything. Yeah. But now, like, I like I showed you those sealskin gloves that mm-hmm. I have that are those just, are awesome. that are just like the um, mechanics gloves. Yep. So they have the dexterity yep. and you're able to, like, still bend and grab stuff and use your phone, but right. still be, like, totally waterproof. Right. And I, and I think that maybe they're leading towards, like, that real, like, sock that you can hike in that's yeah. still waterproof. Yeah. yeah. Like, a, almost like a Gore-Tex sock. Yeah, but that's We're like thin and not going to thin like, and also like breathes. You yeah. Know? Do you guys ever think about the ideas that people are shouting at your podcast right now? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like in the in future oh, when this yeah. is released, like someone out there from Ambler has a really good idea that I don't know about right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Please comment. Yeah, I think as a lot long of people are courteous. like that yeah. Safeway bag. Yeah, yeah, we've done that. Yeah. yeah. That was the yeah, trick when I was. You want yeah. waterproof boots? Okay, Daniel. Yeah, you go. Every river <laughs> the bag cross in the boot. The bag put. is in the boot and you're on your foot in the That's boot. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> was like, like it's bl- actually going to be watertight. <laughs> we had the contractor bags <laughs> and duct tape to cross rivers. Yeah. 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 Well, now with these like vacuum seal, like you just bring the little thing, you just be like. <laughs> <laughs> Tight, you're tight. <laughs> Perfect. You're good. Portable vacuum. Go, go. Seal. We need pack back, seconds. dude. Come on. We need McKinnon and pack back to come through with the the pack back socks. Yeah, <laughs> the sheep hunting pack back. Yeah, just <laughs> weighs one ounce. He's in Cabela's now. Yeah, man. They made oh, it oh, the big cool. time yeah. nationwide. Yeah, Bass yeah, Pro cool. Cabela's. Oh man, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I saw that on. Yeah, that was a good episode Instagram. too. Badass. That one. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it's cool to see a guy make it all the way. Yeah. Into the oh. real industry shit. Yeah, big oh, yeah. And then stay here. And stay yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. We've had some, but they left. Yeah. They're no longer Alaska. <laughs> oh, they aren't. He traveled. Kyle, he Kyle a lot. you're out, dude. Man, I missed his party this weekend, man. Oh, man. It was, was, it, it, was, it, was, it, was like, was it cracking? It sounded fun. It was cracking. It's just we had kids. It looked man. like a rager. Yeah. I left early. Good thing. Probably, I saw probably you in, in the best picture. In, probably in best interest. I left pretty shortly after. I was that. like, "Hey, can I bring kids?" And I was like, "No, I'm not bringing kids that party." It was oh, pretty no. mellow, though. Were there was, kids? Was it? No, no yeah, kids. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it was pretty chill. Yeah, it was. It was because it's so such a big area. Mm-hmm. It seemed kind of spread where, out. Like if they would have had it, like where we had the meat party, it would have been like cracking. Was it there. a venue? It was at Elite. Oh. oh. Okay, and Billy then, put uh, it. Billy toasted it. Guy with Giordano Pizza was there, right? Mm-hmm. Gaetano. Gaetano Pizza. Yeah, yeah, he makes a good who, pizza. Uh, yeah, he does. Who uh, catered? He catered? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He catered. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. He did good. He had DJ, old school DJ no, James. I felt bad. I was like, damn. When does he actually go? I think he's gone. I think he left it was the was either Tuesday or Thursday. I think he left yesterday. Shit. Yesterday. Yeah, okay. Oh. What would it take for you guys to leave Alaska? Oof. Next winter? Nope. For how, no, like, for like how change, long? Change residence, you would get a Nevada driver's license or wherever. Where would you go oh, yeah, and what I would it take? I wouldn't do that. For how long would we have to leave? We'll you have to leave for, let's say, half a decade, five years. Oh, mm, five years? I go to Texas. I Austin? I go to I Canada. Mean, that'd, that'd probably be a, a desirable well, why, why Why Texas? Like, you had it in your head, like, you I, might be going. Yeah, I mean, I've been there a couple of times. And Dallas Cowboys fan. That. Mm, oh, okay. God, that's okay. fucking weak. See, you know, <laughs> season I, tickets. I, 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 like, I like the allure. <laughs> I like the allure that, you know, it's a, it's a large state. So, no, you can... St- Still have that common feel of jumping in the truck, which I think you can drive long distances, state to state, anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. when you're on the road system, that, that is kind of an appeal. But most of the stuff is like private land there. Yeah, I mean, I mean you can it, hunt it, anything there. You can hunt zebra, yeah. ostrich. They got a lot of exotic stuff there. For yeah, price. my thought was having an extended summer where you could like do lake life stuff. Yeah, and it, it, it's probably pretty hot. Yeah, I mean, I know it's pretty hot. So you um, have a price. Yeah, and then the, and then there's the access to pro sports. Yeah. You know, it's one thing I like really miss living in Alaska. But you can actually travel outside and go catch whatever games you want yeah. on miles. I mean, it ends up actually not being that hard to do if you're really dedicated to it. Yeah. I like that part. I'd love to go to college football games. I'd like to. There's a, and then a lure to experiencing a different kind of like lifestyle than what I'm accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Forty years in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't leave. My perfect scenario it would, would take be, like fishing's done and hunting's done. Like you're not allowed to do it. Yeah, you're not yeah. allowed to go outside. Yeah, yeah. I would go boat. like have a sailboat in the Mediterranean or something. Oh, you meant oh, dude, like you'd uh, leave? You'd leave the the states? Oh, well, I thought you were talking about the states. Sail. I mean, that's what I was. You wouldn't mail. Oh no, I wouldn't leave in Alaska. Leave Alaska for yeah. another state. Okay. Hell no. I mean, <laughs> we already did. We left for college and came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've already done that. In Seattle. See, that's the thing, to too, man. Y'all did that. I never did that. Yeah. Well, See, well, I you, never experienced that, man. I, I stayed think it's, home it solidifies. Time. Like, you get out. Now, I lived in California for a couple mm. of years, too. So it was a lot of fun to go to the Sierra Nevada and there's trout fishing. And, you know, we went into town a little bit for went to a couple of Sacramento Kings games, a couple of A's games. But there's like a brochure life down there. These are all the things that you can do, especially if you live in the city. But mm. I had friends brochure in L.A. Life, that yeah. like you can't do it every day and you don't do it every mm-hmm. day. Like you can spout off the best of L.A. You can spout off the best of the Bay Area or Sacramento. But yep. most people don't do it even regularly because it's too much hassle, too much traffic, too expensive. That's too right. So 100%. Yeah. Like well, same as here, man. You get these people that live here forever yeah. and don't do nothing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, which is too. sad because it's a little darker and colder. Than oh, man, I, I tell, I tell them all the time. Like, why do you even live here? Like I have a, a girl that works for me and why do you live here? Yeah. You don't fish, you don't hunt, you don't camp, you don't ATV, you, you don't, don't ski, ski, you don't snow, you don't do anything. You don't like, go outside. And you hate the cold and you hate the dark. Like what? Yeah, it's amazing. What are you doing, when man? You go to San Diego and you'll just at least be happy with the weather. Totally. Yeah. Mm, just as and expensive. if you're an indoor person, then indoor is the same anywhere. Yeah, you know. But I mean, it's like if you're getting out two or three days a week doing stuff you love outside and connecting with the outside, 
skate skiing, playing hockey, you know, whatever it is that you're into, cross, you know, um, snowshoeing or whatever, you know, the winter is not bad. It's fun. We're excited. Wake up call for all, all those people. None of those people listen to this podcast, but like <laughs> yeah. Alaska is cool <laughs> if you do that yeah. in the winter. Yeah. Like we yeah, actually are excited an, an for the winter, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Not yeah. so much on my end. Yeah. Not you, lately. You know, Seattle was where I, I lived after college. And back in the game. I'm ready when you are, Dom. It has like a big like outdoor theme. I mean, the home of REI. Yeah. Like as like someone who goes outside every day, it is impossible to get outside there. Outside yeah. of like the single track mountain biking, which they like did a long time ago. And it's like embedded in these like weird easements in the city. And they did it outstanding job for a concrete jungle like if you want to go on a hike like that in no traffic is like 30 minutes away yeah like you better leave at 130 from work to go on this hike mm-hmm. you know it, it was just fucked up yeah yeah because then you get rewound up you go to the i remember going to yosemite when i was in california and two and a half hours to get there and like traffic getting in there you know wait stop and go for the last hour and a half or actually probably not listen probably like half hour getting into the park and then mm-hmm. you're there you park you go on an awesome hike beautiful unmatched views because yosemite is like no other place mm. but then you, know, you look at that at uh, half dome that there's nothing like yeah. that it's beautiful it's unbelievable then you get back to your vehicle and you drive home and you get rewound up with two and a half hours of traffic again so yeah. it's like what did i do it's like a net zero so it's it's pretty cool. It's unlike anywhere else, but man, here it's a lot more beautiful. I am a little bit jealous of the winter sports that you have because we don't really get the snow to to have a lot of those things. We get a lot mm. of the rain. We'll get snow. We need with, some new rain uh, games. Yeah, rain games. Yeah. So what are rain games? Yeah, everything some that you rain do activities. except for in the rain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could be the founder of yeah. the world rain games, man. Yeah, yeah it's it's just so gray. We have coming up here for the basketball tournaments in like January. So at least you can see this, the sky and the sun. It's blue. Mm. It's cold to a tournament in Fairbanks. Same thing. It's negative 30. At least you can see blue sky. Yeah. At least there's some sun mm. down there when it's just gray for two or three weeks. You're just kind of dragging. Mm. Yeah. Sun yeah. never really gets up. It's just kind of, eh. and then goes back to sleep. Just yeah. gray and dark and cold. And it's just a different cold. that kind of, sits into you mm. and it gets into your marrow because you can't put on a puffy jacket it's just gonna get soaked and you're gonna get cold so you can put on a lot of clothes but it's just it's sloppy yeah but uh, is there like a month that's blue down there october sucks the worst but it's hunting season so it doesn't suck uh-huh. the worst yeah, yeah um but in terms of like bluebird and like getting some sun yeah, where's no i think like blues and like it was really depressing like october <laughs> yeah, yeah, sucks yeah. uh february sucks I think you meant january the sucks <laughs> um july and august tend to be uh, pretty good uh-huh. um and we can have some nice streaks we had a really nice may it was super super warm i was able to enjoy that from inside my classroom nice. so i would uh, just kind of stare out the window while the kids mm-hmm. were taking tests wearing yeah. sandals there it is, kids. Look at the outside. It's blue <laughs> and sunny, and you can't have it, but neither no. can I. No, so we're all stuck here together. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. Like, what, what do you hate worse? You know, I'd rather endure the gray and the rain than I would the traffic, like you're talking about. Yeah. It's mm. like that's a no-brainer. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. you can't get outside, or, you know, it's a big ordeal to get out somewhere, and it's just going to be crowded. So, yeah, man, I'll, give me the rain. It's it's fine. I think that's kind of back to what that your uh, employee Mm-hmm. You know, why do you live here? Well, it's because it's quieter. So she could go do that, 
life in Southern California and battle the traffic just to go do anything. But there's on a million places. I mean, there's towns outside. I mean, I, I guess there, that's just w- as the one thing that is really truly realistic is when you do go outside and you go to an airport in a city and wherever your logistics are and you come home, you're like, whoo. Like my commute to work for seven minutes in traffic where you're like, oh, goddamn. Even today I was talking about it. We are on Spinard. I'm like, oh, summer traffic has really set in. Cause, I mean, it did feel like it took us forever to get from the airport to the hotel because I, so, I thought his hotel was somewhere else. I was like, oh, it's not here. Anyway, the law took the long cut. But I had to, like, reference back to what real traffic is. And what real busy is, what real crowded is, and that shit ain't shit. What we mm-hmm. deal with, like your five o'clock commute that might take you twenty eight minutes when it normally takes you seventeen, and that ten minutes just feels so excruciating. Oh, yeah. It's not really that big a deal. No. Yeah. Um, speaking about mm-hmm. teaching high school stuff, they uh, they're going to change the times of school start oh, dates here. Right. To what? Have you heard this? No. What is it? Didn't they already change it? It's gonna. St- they've it's already. Vo- it's already set. It's just not gonna start till twenty twenty four. Oh, okay. Um, like first semester. So now high school doesn't start till nine thirty, and on Mondays it doesn't start till ten thirty. Yeah, ten thirty. Yeah. <sighs> so much bad. Like <sighs> so much bad. I think there are a couple things that are. We talked earlier about how adults are trying to make decisions that are going to help kids. So I think these sort of decisions made by administration are meant to attempt to help. But sometimes what we try to provide isn't really probably what they need. If kids are stressed out because there's not enough time to do their homework and practice, starting school late does not add another hour to the day. It pushes everything back. And so if you're going to get out of school at 4 o'clock or 4.30, that means you have two hours of practice. You're at 6.30. You have an hour and a half of homework. That's eight or eight. You just push everything back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the idea is more sleep. But since you're pushing everything back, you just play video games till 2 a.m. instead of 12. Yeah, it doesn't create. And it's, it's, again, it's adults that that want to attempt to help, but it comes down to discipline and and figuring out how to make this work. And that's one of the most important skills that kids learn at some point is I need to figure out a a, a way to make this work rather than, have everything shift in order to fit what I feel like as a 16 or 17 or 18 year old. I cannot potential, I cannot achieve or I cannot function unless every circumstance is catered to me. And that just is not at all um, what's going to be beneficial in the future. Yeah. There's no way to learn and grow if everything is just, so I, I, I would be, uh, yeah, I would not be in favor yeah. of that. I, as a good teacher, I would say, sure, that is fine, and we will make the most of this. But Well, and then they're also making the other kids, PC the little response. kids, go to school earlier. Yeah. They so flip now, flop like elementary and high school. So much. now, like, the same family that has to, like, has, like, an older kid and a younger kid, the younger kid that has to, like, go to the pick up the older kid from the practice and then whatever. Now they're getting their dinner late. Now they're going to bed later, but having to be in school earlier and like little kids, like the elementary kids need like 10 to 12 hours of sleep at night. Yeah. Versus like a high school kid, which is like eight night, eight, eight hours of sleep. Yeah. 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 Is Ketchikan its own school district? Yeah. Yeah. It's its own thing. Yeah. We have uh two high schools in it. One is the main high school where Villa's uh, uh, another high school alternative high school the kids can go to but it's not 
it doesn't have the reputation of a school that like kids get kicked out of K high and end up there. Mm-hmm. It can be a really good second option for kids. Um, but yeah, going back to the, to the schedule thing, I had a couple of my journalism students that were doing a podcast about summer jobs. And I said, make sure that you, if your audience is someone down South, make sure that you make it clear the types of jobs that you have, because kids don't have these types of jobs down South. And so when they're talking about how the boats come in, the kids that there are three or four of these kids who work at, um, at a lodge. And so the boats come in three, four, five o'clock, they cut fish for two, three, four hours, vacuum pack them. And then if the clients are leaving the next day, they have to get them in the freezer and then oh, wake gosh. up at like three in the morning once it's frozen to then box it because they can't box it before it's frozen. Mm. And then label the boxes, box everything up, and then get it ready for the for the guests who leave at six o'clock in the morning. That is a job that you have to figure out the schedule. You have to make it work. And so if that is what the demand is, if that is a good job for you to have that's going to make you some good money, you figure out how to make it work. And then you figure out, Oh, if I don't like this schedule, I'm going to find a different job, but I have a work ethic to be able to make it work. So if we're saying that kids are incapable of achieving at the high school level or by moving it back to 10 o'clock, that's what's going to solve the problem. It probably won't like an emphasis on, we need to figure out a way that kids, you're going to have to make stuff work. We're going to do everything we can to make it as good as possible, but you're going to have to meet us halfway at least, you know, on the fish thing. Just curious. Is there like, it has to be, there for six hours then you know it's frozen uh, i'm not it depends on how cold the uh, freezers get um is there like a there's touch, a touch chart. test i think yeah. there's a chart right on the outside of the freezer for those kids to look at yeah and some of those freezers are so cold like if your boots are a little bit damp when you walk in there yeah. like they'll freeze to the bottom so mm. it's super super cold but i mean those kids just work their faces off all summer um and there are a couple of kids that i've that i've had that have been kayak guides at 14 you know, 15 years old. So like the skills that you're learning and that's the kid who's willing to do that and deal with people, you know, and and, high school kids up here dealing with, you know, if you're in the tourism industry, what a great job to have. And you figure out the type of person you want to be, the responsibility that gets stuff done. I think that's great skills to learn. And if we deprive them of the opportunities to learn those sort of skills of, Hey man, sometimes things suck and you're going to have to figure it out. Just be a YouTuber. What's that? Just be a YouTuber. Just be a YouTuber. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Gamer, a career path. YouTuber. Twitcher. Yeah. My real summer job. Yeah, YouTubes. Yeah. Um, we're going to see what your trivia game yes. is like here in a Excellent. minute. So I hope you were reading on the milk run. I was. All uh, the fun facts. I actually have. Are we doing? Are we still? Are yeah, we're going to take a real yeah. quick break. Okay, Let's quick break. Okay. Okay. Tailored restoration, 24 hour emergency home services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Tailored has an emergency response number with trained professionals available to help you at any time, day or night. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Make an appointment today at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. At Total Truck, you can find brands such as ARE, RSI Smart Caps, Goose Gear, iCamper, Front Runner, Rigid Lights, Rhino Linings Bed Liners, and everything you need to outfit your truck or SUV. 
Alaska Overlander provides 4x4 vehicles and expedition trailers custom modified for Alaskan adventures and outfitted with rooftop tents, fridges, and all the camping and cooking gear you need to start exploring. Visit them at alaskaoverlander.com. Watch this. <laughs> See, I always laughing now. Hit the laugh button. <laughs> hit the laugh button. This thing actually did come with a laugh uh-huh. button, I want to say. Uh-huh. What do you record on? Uh, I have a Zoom Pod Track 4. Okay. And then um, three Audio Technica headsets. Okay. There's a B, whatever. They're kind of the standard. If you're going the headset route, what everybody else has. Oh, the. Dude, did you do a little yeah. like studio setup at the new crib? I mean, did you kind of design a spot? I just happened to put a bookshelf behind it, so it looks oh, like ESPN, like ESPN ESPN shit, like kind of. And it got some antlers, and then a buddy the elf nutcracker up top there. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. So, yeah, you got you got your brown bear skull in there? No, why not? I got a shed, and then I got a three point that I'm proud of because it was the first like. I had my face off to get the spot, shot it. It slid all the way down. Oh, sweet. So you went all the way up it for it to go back down where you shot horrible, it? Horrible, horrible experience. But, yeah, I was super. It was the biggest uh, buck to date, and that was – so I have that one in there. It's not my biggest buck, but it's one that I like. So It was worth it. Yeah, it was cool. What's the best Instagram name you've heard? Heard? Yeah. Because oh, you just said the um, – Is there a good one you've seen? Or a boat name? boat name there's a lot of puns in the boat game some of them are kind of silly um i can't think of any off the top of my head but uh butt stuff butt stuff (laughs) no i've not uh you didn't see that one down there in the water that's only a homer i think yeah (laughs) that makes sense the best the best ones you've ever heard or when they they start the Homer King Derby and oh, they just the boat the names. names. They're so yeah. good. stuff. Yeah, especially if you have if you know that your boat's going to be announced, that incentivizes. Oh, you got to do something so extra. Some, yeah, Jack's boat's pretty good. Good what's name. Your, what's your boat name? The Deep Insider. Okay, that's good. Definitely not a pun in any way, shape, mm. or form. Yeah, <laughs> not a pun. Yeah. <laughs> what was the other one that we laughed at out there? Oh man. <laughs> Like, butt stuff was definitely a standout though yeah 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 but there was another there, one that was hilarious there was like three different butt ones yeah yeah i can't remember man yeah the, the instagram one is um haley's haley's dude uh who's on the show haley buffio or i can't see her last name oh, totally her her dude's thing is buck stuff buck stuff <laughs> yeah we'll good. play on that yeah good I like big it. buck hunter i guess yeah, naming a boat's so tough. I had a What's your boat's name? Don't have one yet. It's a skiff. Did so I'm north, not sure. Did like the north, that doesn't really qualify. The North River was was Eddie, which is the name of oh, that's cool. uh, trivia for you, Jack. What uh, protagonist's love interest is named Eddie in a fly fishing book? What's the name of the book? Eddie. E D D Y. Put you on the spot. Ooh, yeah. yeah. A river runs through it. 
No, The River Why. Have you read that book, uh-uh. The River Why? It's no, really, what's that yeah, about? It's a really good one. Really good one. He kind of like hit half the answer. I thought the river, the river runs through it because the Eddie seems <laughs> like a white river trash the girl. And there's that white trash girl that's <laughs> yeah. always ended up Who's in. got the tattoo like... on her butt that <laughs> yeah. love? Yeah, that's yeah. such a, that's a great book. Also a great movie. They're pretty different, but they're both stand up uh, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, The River Why is a great book about this guy who tries to make his life as good as possible by maximizing his fly fishing. <laughs> but then finds out that there's obviously more to life yeah, and whatnot. But, uh, he uh, he meets a uh, a girl. He sees this girl who's fly fishing, and or she's fishing for steelhead, but she's naked and her name's Eddie, and he can't even talk. It's pretty, it's pretty good. So I named the boat Eddie. Nice. But, uh, I, I like really it. like that. That's pretty cool. What time the frame book was it is? set? No, no, the name Eddie for your boat. Yeah, it was cool, and yeah. it gets, you know we used that to go uh, mostly to get the steelhead fishing. That's what we both really love to do, and so it was Sweet. like name that to, to get to the steelhead grounds. Um, the book was, oof, I don't know when it came, when it came out. No, where is it like set? Like oh, Oregon. what age? Oregon. And, and uh, he's like, like time frame. 19, 18. So it's just like that self-discovery time of yeah. your life. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, I've got to find the point of my life. I'm out of high school. His, uh, his dad, he was a writer mm-hmm. and a, a well a renowned writer. And so he was kind of in his dad's shadow. Um, and so, yeah, it's very, it's a cerebral book, but a really just a really good book. You'd like. I'm kind of su- surprised. I'm not disappointed. Yeah, I've never it, heard great, about it. Yeah, yeah. The River Why. It's, it's a it's a great book. The River Why. There yeah. it is. The River Why. Yeah. I was yeah. trying to hit a boat with the name Chumstain. Chumstain. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. There you yeah. go. That'll be yeah. your boat, man. I mean, it could offend people. Yeah. Wow. So so wow. Brandon goes first on this, right? Always. Oh, because there are times when I'm listening to the to to the trivia and there's a number that comes into my head as like a first guess. So I hear the, the question, I think like, all right, 13,000. And then Brandon says like 42. And yeah. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So yeah. he's either like right or way off. Some, you know, so based I on his feel guess, like it's a 50, 50 shot. I sometimes nail that shit. So yeah, that's the thing. It's like, like you're 60% either on, of the time I am fucking yeah. right every time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's good like to know that people banter. are in their car or wherever they're listening to and like guessing. As well, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's the fun part, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. So there's a natural order because Brandon guessed so fast. So yeah, we've yeah. never had to do that. Sometimes okay. I tell people like today, like you're last. I'm last. Oh, okay. true. Okay. So these are the these are like set up for your region. So you know, oh, you got to give these failure. guys a shot. Mm. Wait, All right. By the way, how how wide is Iliamna, Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Seven yeah. miles. Uh, seven miles. Yeah, yeah. And it was like 42 feet deep or something like that. That's not 19 uh, miles and 1,000 yeah. feet deep. Yeah, that's crazy. I think we all had fun that day. Did yeah, you? Did crazy. you actually think it was a thousand feet deep? I didn't think it was that deep. I knew it was really deep because I knew about the Loch Ness monster or something that was in there, the the prehistoric sturgeon or something. But I, a thousand feet. That's that's yeah. down there. Deep inside her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> deep inside her. <laughs> yeah. Brian was like, I'm Good not going to. My kids are asking what the boat's name is. I told him, he's like, well, I'm not going to tell him that. I'm like, all right. Well, well when do you know? What's the boat's when name? You, you know? just tell him <laughs> it's the deep insider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, what does that mean? It I don't means know. Jack so it. It's spelled with cider, <laughs> like a C. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, he's deep insider. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And then, like, when they get a little older, then tell them the truth. It's like my dad makes cider, okay? Yeah. Is it actually cider. It's not on there though right Like No it's no, it. no We have to put it on So yeah. It's gonna be bright orange though right It's gotta be like that Double shovel logo. Yeah Yeah, yeah. 
no it'll be orange and uh well it kind of depends what color we get the alaska wild project logo on the boat because mm. i don't want them to clash and the one i have right now is white so we have to get a different color one of those first yeah the white awp and then the orange the clash cider. really well you put it on the side of the boat right i was gonna put um like on the upper yeah we could do it on the side side i guess i was gonna put it on the back like where the windows will go across so it well, like the, splits over the door the, the problem with an outboard boat and the, the name on the back is you can't read it mm. so that's why i feel like on a, an aluminum twin like outboard boat front, it's, right? it, no no on the side in the back oh the side back yeah i was thinking the front no i, I think like know. you know what about like the right back of the boat? It would uh, just be like right here. Yeah. yeah. The backs. Yeah. You can see it in the water and but on the isn't trailer. Isn't that where the name, the actual the name is on, yeah. on their logo is there? Oh, that's right. Okay. So I would think it'd be in the front. It'd have to be forward on yours. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, how about you put it where you want to put it? On I will. Your, yeah. yeah. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Or the so transom. It can go right on the, like, you the guys back. Just take the wall ridge off and just put. Well, what about right in front of the tent? The transom, like, because that's like a high back wall. This was supposed to be trivia. No, okay. I, I, I just heard. I thought I heard taint, so I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I looked at Daniel. I, I was like, I thought I, I heard something too, too in, yeah. in his spiel that <laughs> right. threw me off. Right Where is that on the boat? I can guess, but yeah. the taint area, right below the transom. That's where the transom is. It's yeah. between the outboards and the inboards, yeah. or the and the deck. You know, <laughs> so you know what I'm saying. Where it's the water shoots yeah. out of the motor. Yeah, right between right in the middle. Sometimes wet. Sometimes right there. All right, let's do it. All right. Oh. All right. Ketchikan comes from the Klingit name for kayak. Uh, Sitka spruce tree. You guys guessed fast. Yeah. You, it's expected now. <laughs> I don't know. I should know this one. You set this up for me. Hell so. oh, yes. Oh, got um, it, dude. Yeah. Sometimes if I turn this up, Jeff, are First you even from city. Southeast? I'm from Klawak, and that was the name that uh, the Raven would make. Oh yeah, or oh. the sound of Klawak. So I want a Raven so they pet. Got, uh, they got Klawak. Did you guys, did you guys hear my Klawak? Did you yeah. hear it just now? That was good. Yeah, it sounded just like Shit, it. Man, yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah, Jack, can you do it? Uh, wings? No, man, a Raven. Come on. Oh, ka ka ka. <laughs> That's how I do it. Call them right in. That is my kids' call. I go ka ka ka, and they turn. We around. do too in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. My, my yeah. In, our, in high school, like when it was the full party, if you're just like da 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 da, da go 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 go, it's like psh, psh, somebody's in distress. Yeah, somebody's oh, in danger. There you go. Alert. Yeah, you do you that one at F Street. Oi, run to them. Ka-ka. That's right. Yeah. All right, Jeff. I uh, said kayak. You said spruce tree. Sitka spruce tree. Um. First city is because it's the first city on the way up there. Salmon capital of the world. There. Three. Two. One. City with a river in it. Boom. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty close. So it means oh, like shit. it's named after the the Kitchkin, yeah. Kitchkin Creek. And so... Um, but so that the name actually means like the river belonging to the Kitsch, yeah, 
but then they're saying that Kitchk means thundering weed wings of an eagle. But yeah, oh, creek yeah, yeah, that yeah. the river runs through, or yeah. town that the creek runs through it. Yeah, the yeah. traditional lands there. There's Ketchikan Creek, which is in the right main spot right there. But yeah, there's and that's the creek that's named after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's the creek where the eagle. You win. I'll be on the, 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 th- the thundering, uh, the thundering wings. I think I'd heard that before. But it's got to be an eagle, though, right? Yeah. It's in the name for the creek, which what is, is what Kitchkin, did I, what did I say? and then it's <laughs> thundering wings of the eagle. Yeah, it says yeah, you're close. The spruce tree is on the bank of the creek, yeah. so I was like, and you can kayak the creek. So we're all we all win. Hundred year old homes now. <laughs> all right. Wow, so, they're not like falling apart. What's that? The hundred year old homes. No, they're stinking old, and they've been repainted quite a bit. But some of those oh. original homes, it's it's pretty. It's more paint than wood now. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. (laughs) So, uh, Jeff here gave the answer. Hopefully, you're listening to the next question. Ooh. No, uh, he wasn't listening. I have it in my notes. It's two parts. It's two parts. So, the first part is what was the first city in Alaska, and when was it incorporated as a city? Ketchikan, Alaska. Yep. There you go. You nailed the first one. In eighteen. 61. Ooh, 18, 19. Oh, not old enough. Damn it. Uh, Come see. on, teacher and catch a can. Yeah, I know. That's, uh, this isn't just something that's on the chalkboard on the first day? First salmon cannery was in Cloak in Alaska. And that was in the 1870s, so it'd have to be before that. Eight, eight, would you say 1861? Maybe. Yeah. I think it... No. Uh, six one and a half 75 1875 <laughs> so it was when the city was incorporated, oh, incorporated. not when there's like a village yeah. Oh. Like oh. yeah i didn't really know oh. what that meant i was just throwing that's it when it's there. like official 1907 okay yeah. okay okay 1908 i'm sticking with my date all right okay, hit it Jack. it was 1900, 1900 yeah 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 you guys you guys benefited from my yes very yeah. close yeah. Well thought out guess. That was good. That was good. good. Answer. One more, Jackie. I was yeah. paying attention, Jack. I. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> 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 what island is Ketchikan on? And who, who, and when named it? Ooh. That's a three-part question. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because it's fun. I'm gonna go with Baranoff after Lord Baranoff, even though I don't think that's right. Isn't Baranoff the one that Sitka's on? Yeah, yeah. That's now that I think about it. So I'm wrong. So it's not Lord Baranoff. You're in the right like area. Yeah, Yeah. but you gotta keep going. You gotta. I got one more guess. Yeah, there's three parts. Oh, okay. You also have to name. So that was that island that it's on. Mm -hmm. And then what year did they was it named? And then who named it? So the name of the island, who named it, what year? Ooh, I'm going to say Russians named it, and I'm going to say Why in 1790. Russians? But he didn't name the island. I said Lord Baranoff. Yeah, <laughs> he named it wrong. Yeah. Okay. But, I got but the that was right. a good, it's Alaska island. Yeah, it's close. I know it's yeah. wrong now that you said the Sitka, I knew that. I mean, it's just like, it's just a deep question. There's a it's super right fun. It. It's yeah. super fun, and and it's one that it's like one you're gonna Jeff. know. It's another it's one a, that I'm gonna miss, even though I live there. 
I thought it was awesome because I was like, I didn't know any of this. I feel shit. like I should know the <laughs> island. I feel like I should know the island name. Yeah. Go ahead. It's, I think uh, you said it right. Yesterday's trivia <sighs> starts with the Warrens. No. <laughs> That's a whole and ends in <laughs> I. There's two vowels in there. Uh, St. Bartlett Island. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, dude. Good one. It, All right. Okay, that's good. Parts. That's good. All right. And then All right. the year. In the year. Uh, 1782. Okay. All right. Uh, referred to as Revilla typically because Revilla Gigado or Revilla Gigado are the two pronunciations of it. Um, Revilla is the, also the name of the alternative high school. Oh. The Revilla mm. Eagles. Um, <laughs> I believe that Revilla is the 26th largest island in the these, United States. The, yeah, these oh, are all cool. just different facts to try I to cover it. up for the fact that I don't know if it was... I believe it was the Spanish, because there's a lot of Spanish uh, in there, and there's also Russian um, influence. So I'm going to go with Spanish. I'm going to go with 17... Fifties. We were on the Ooh, there you, go. you were damn close on the date. It's 1793. Ooh. What was your date? 1790, I think I said. I said, 91. Nine, I said 82. And Jeff gave <clears throat> us the answer, the name of the island. How do you pronounce? Revilla Gigado or Revilla Gigado? Oh, okay. I've heard them both. Yeah. And then um, everybody like, just calls it Revilla. If you're from there, you just say Revilla. Revilla. George okay. Vancouver. Oh, is the oh. one who who named it. So I thought that was interesting. Kind of makes sense. And yeah. from what? Who named it? You said jo- George Vancouver. So yeah. he's from like what? who like named? Vancouver. But is he was he Dutch? I don't know. We're about to find or out. Or was he? Because we didn't get that right. Jorge. British Jorge. Royal Navy officer. Yeah. What did you say again? British British Navy oh, okay. Royal. Yeah. Oh. Um, so not Spanish or Russian. Uh, Wrangle has flown underneath British, Spanish. Russian and American flags. Really? I think they got all four because you have so much. You got Baranov, Chichikov, Admiralty, but then you have um, like San Fernando and San Juan Islands down there. And um, Boca de Cuadra obviously is not. Uh, um, very Spanish. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to see like just just across the strait here is it goes from, you know, the, the English name stayed versus the, the Spanish name. Most of the stuff up here is. Still Russian, right? Is a lot of the names. Yeah, right? yeah, Russian. For the most mm-hmm. part. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, what? Vancouver. That made a lot of sense. Well, what's Montague? Montague can't be Russian. Montague. Montague. That's uh. Yeah, that's interesting. It's like uh, um, what the hell, Romeo Juliet shit. Yeah, that <laughs> Romeo is, uh, and Juliet. Yeah. After um, after Romeo killed killed Tybalt and got exiled from Verona, he went to Montague Island, and that's where they stashed him until the friar called for him, and then he committed suicide. Well, oh really? Up. Yeah, the friar. We met a friar that. the other yeah. night. Blon Hemoff. It's a friar, right? <laughs> Is he it, did a, he say that? Official, oh, was named after. He's an official yeah, friar. Yeah. So Captain Cook named it. In honor of John Montagu, which is yeah. spelled differently, fourth Earl of Sandwich. Oh yeah, the Earl of Sandwich, one yeah. of his greatest supporters. I don't know yeah. what kind of sandwich. Have you guys stayed at the Captain Cook before? Yeah, 
yeah. a few times. It's yeah. a pretty. It's a. Is that what you're at? Pay. No. Oh, I was gonna say balling, no. man. Then bucks is selling. My mom got me. Uh, <laughs> mom was a teacher, saying. and she would always come up for conferences. And whatnot. they would always put them up in the captain cook. And so when we were up here for the uh, honeymoon, uh, she got us one night there, and it's a it's a pretty sweet, pretty sweet place. Yeah, yeah. it's a good, rad. good workout room, good food, and yeah, it's a it's a nice place. Yeah, they have a cool bar. Yeah, what's the hunting plans this year? Um, it'll be pretty much done with black bear when uh, I get back down there. So, um, probably just, uh, checking out good spots for deer when the, uh, opener starts, uh, August 1st. And then, uh, Abby wants to get a mountain goat, but, um, and if I draw, I'll go down to Wyoming for mule deer. Um, but yeah, just kind of, yes, last year was the big year with the caribou on the hall road and then mountain goat and then deer. So this year is just sticking around the goats a registration tag is that how you guys hunt that yeah there's a there's a registration hunt there's a draw hunt that no one will ever draw right um but if you want to do a seasonal hunt you yeah registration can, can registration yeah is the window um, tight um not real tight it's just i mean the weather windows end up being the problem sure, because sure. You, you not know, a lot of hunting time yeah so you got a couple months to be able to do it but it's like all right we got to go out this weekend and yeah, you got to fully play the weather. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're trying to get out Friday after school, you can get probably to the base of the mountain. You take your boat to the base of the mountain, hike up, hunt, and then come back down is a lot to ask. So it's kind of try to get all the way up there, up the mountain if you can in one day, hunt the next day, come home the next day. So you're taking at least one day of work off. But that's that's what we did last year and ended up working out, which was mm-hmm. pretty nice. But, um, yeah, it's tough. And then, I mean, you might – choose your mountain you get up to the top and they're on the next ridge and like oh gosh we can't go all the way down and then up the next one there's just not enough time mm-hmm. so but uh yeah it should be fun you guys use calls for mountain goat yeah <laughs> <laughs> no no never yeah. have I, is there a, a i don't know the dying mountain goat call no <laughs> no. Mine bad at me, dude. I was like, "They're not, they're you're an antelope. Like, how did you bah?" <laughs> but it did, dude. Yeah, I was like, All I've right. I've been glassing them and seeing them. Like, yeah. I can't hear them, yeah, but you can yeah. see them. Like, open their mouth. Oh. I'm like, "Is he bad, dude?" <laughs> dude, it was a straight up bad. Like, I was like oh, yeah. that's funny. It was that's a dying funny. bad too. It was pretty sad. Oh, oh. oh, it's not good. oh like after you yeah. shot him, it was bad? like. It, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, it was a last, post, last post breath. Yeah. Oh, shit. Like, it died in probably 15 seconds. I could have shot it with a bow. You know, it was close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, Beyond the Hunt. Graphic. Beyond the Hunt. Beyond the Hunt by Jeff Lund. A Miserable Paradise. Where can people find the book? Uh, Amazon. You can also go to a miserable or uh, themediocrealaskan.com. You can order it on there. Um, Is there some yeah, local bookstores that are going to be around? Um, around not Anchorage. in Anchorage yet. And uh, if you're in, in Juneau, you can get it at uh, Hearthside Books. If you're in Ketchikan, you can get it at uh, Parnassus. Um, Did you but, bring uh, enough that you could leave some copies at Double Shovel for us to sell? Yeah. Yeah, I got a couple there for you. Yeah. And then um, I can always restock as well. Yeah. Uh, Barnes & Noble, if you order online, I don't think they have them like in stock. but they're. They, Why not? They Why don't they have it in there? I mean, they have so many other great Alaskan books. It's um, it's tough to sell outdoor books. There's an audience is publishing them too. If you make a pitch to a publisher, like if you're Cam Haynes, you're going to sell a book. If you're Steve Rinella, you could you could have a 500 page book with empty pages and a crayon that says meat eater, and they'd sell you know 
thousands of copies for 50 bucks each. But if you're unknown, I mean, if you only have a column, it's really hard to, to pitch that because gotcha. it's a lot of, mm. so it's small, small market. So, um, even getting to a publisher is tough and then also getting into a bookstore cause the bookstore has got to make an investment and hope they could, they can move if they can't move it, then it's not a good, yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of, if there's demand and they can, they can stock some, but well, I asked the question cause they're good books. Thanks. Yeah. You can do a live read at the show. No, absolutely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would, Story I would, time with Jen. No. I would sit there with my legs crossed. <laughs> no. I'd be all stuck after two hours. Like, <laughs> no, it's, um, I don't know. There, there are two things that I don't, you know, when you walk into a, a, a bookstore or a grocery store or something, you see someone who's sitting there doing a book signing and I just, sometimes there's a, there's a line and there's excitement, there's a buzz and people show up, but then there's sometimes the, the poor guy who's just kind of, please come talk to me, please buy my book. And I'm like, Oh Aww. man, I don't like that. I like to be up. I like talking, meeting people, mm-hmm. mixing up. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to be glued down to this chair, you know, and who do I sign it to? And this, I just like to, to chat with people, meet some people and, you know, buy the book if you want, but if you want to talk cheap or dear or whatever too, then that's totally fine too. No yeah. pressure. You know, like you go into a store and Girl Scout cookies are being sold. You know, you feel like a horrible person if you walk by cause they're so friendly yeah. They're just trying to help out. You know, can you want to buy some? No. I just like to knock the shit yeah. down when I walk by. Yeah, pick it up. Mm-hmm. Pick uh, it up. Yeah. I don't know. They're legally uh, selling drugs and shit. Oh, yeah, man. It's so right good, though. Store. So good. So, uh, yeah, no no reading either. I, I don't know. I, I probably should at some point, but I don't know. It just feels feels kind of weird. Awkward. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Mediocre Alaskan, uh, that's the podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, um, everywhere you get. You don't do the video version yet, right? No, no, especially not with the solo ones. Yeah, I'd just look. Maybe at I that. should. Maybe <laughs> only with the solo ones. I'll yeah. set up a camera There's right here. Three and angles. Just speak to it. Yeah, <laughs> just like here is me. Your yeah. Here I am. Yeah. There's my bookshelf behind me. Yeah, <laughs> just full of your own books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just full. Of yeah. Just all of them. Just two books. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just, they're all looking this direction. Yeah, the cover front. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Real, real quick, Jeff, I have asked this question before, but I'm asking the question on this show. Where did you come up with the mediocre Alaska oh. podcast? Um, I love it. It was, it was 2017, and it was one of those, like, everybody's coming up to Alaska, and, like, I'm such a badass. You know, like, I went to Alaska. And then also, I live in Alaska, so I'm better than, you know, just kind of a, a friendly jibe or a friendly joke about, hey, man, I'm just... I'm, ordinary guy like i'm still figuring stuff out so i wanted to kind of provide that angle um just kind of like a joke but now it's almost bad because we've kind of accepted this mediocrity as part of our like rallying cry and so it's like <laughs> oh dang it it's kind of it's not it's what like i meant kind of, kind of the opposite <laughs> of it now you know like kind of making fun of myself is what it was and now it's i'm not advocating for that at all so but i think if people listen to the podcast they know that you know i get after it you know i'm no you know upper amazing hunter or anything like that but i get after it and i think i tell the story and represent a lot of us alaskans who get after it we have a lot of fun you know we're we're competent um and we're not trying to be like number one on a power rankings list or anything like that so um but yeah it was fun same thing with miserable paradise just kind of it's this is the story man you live in southeast alaska it kind of sucks in an awesome way so 
Yeah. I quote that all the time, man. Miserable Paradise? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude. (laughs) That's good. Do you have any beef with the average Alaskan podcast? No. There was a... um, A, uh, what the high end Alaskan podcast? Oh, who's that? I don't the know. bougie Alaskan the bu- podcast. The bougie. That's, that's the dude. dude that is laughing at mediocre Alaskan podcast. <laughs> Wait, the, bu- the bougie podcast. Yeah, the nose up in there. <laughs> the bougie. The bougie <laughs> cast. We can't find it. Cheese from Unalaska. It's yeah. just that F Street with the cheese. Yeah. I only kill forty <laughs> inch rams like, and shoot seventy inch yeah. bulls. <laughs> yeah. I I uh. drew Chugach every time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Here's my book of comments from YouTube. Actually, <laughs> actually, actually. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. Jeff, thanks for coming in, man. It's, yeah, it's for been a long me. time. I uh, wanted to get yeah. you in here, and um, thanks for doing the book thing and and providing this quality content for yeah. people to Alaskans to absorb and people yeah. all over the world to absorb. Um, I think that you're doing tremendous work with what you're doing and, and just kind of showing people your lifestyle and um, what it is that you're doing on a daily over there. So thank you for what you do. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on. Really like yeah, you, man. Like, you know. uh, I, I wanted to say thank you just for the, you know, being such a big supporter of us and, we came in and you were doing your thing and you just hit us up and embraced us and like welcomed, welcomed us with open arms in the podcast, Alaskan podcast space. When in, in some ways, maybe somebody might do the complete opposite, but I feel like it was just meant to be that we were all supposed to be here today and building a relationship and a connection. And it's funny because it's all because of a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Just cool. Sure. And yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for everything you do. Thanks. Bro. Thank you. Do great, great work. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank mm-hmm. you for uh, having the the book uh, party release party over at Double Shovel. We're really like humbled about that, yeah. and uh, man, really excited to spend some time with you tomorrow. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Um, yep. Thank you, Alaska. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support, AlaskaWildProject.com for any merch needs. Barney's, please support our sponsors. Um, that is the best way to support us because they support us. Um, and as always, Alaska, stay wild. Oh yeah. You are what I call your overcautiousness. Are you not overcautious when you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing? The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers, custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO.
dog. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Snow Pro AK, your snow and ice management company specializing in business and residential properties. They know what it takes to keep your property presentable and safe. Give them a call for a free estimate at 280-7098 or visit lawnproak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th, handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. The Alaska Chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. BHA is the voice of our Alaskan public lands, waters, and wildlife. Their goal is to uphold our hunting and fishing legacy while keeping our public lands wild. Stand up today and join BHA at backcountryhunters.org. Unmanly to say they cannot do it.